Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Let's get nasty on a Friday. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. My, my guy Dan McLaughlin is in the entire day today. Two to six. We got you covered here in the fast lane. Andrew Marsha Marsh behind the dials as well, spinning things for us. It's going to be a fun show. Real Always fun is show. a fun show, my man. It is, absolutely. Dan, you look dapper today, man. You look good. I uh, I have to emcee a function later tonight. Can, can we talk about the congratulations, the massive congratulations that need to go out to your daughter? Oh, I appreciate that. She's the player of the year in uh, her particular realm of high school golf. So I'm actually emceeing the Metropolitan amateur golf association awards banquet tonight so i'm very thankful to those people that are involved with that because they keep my kids busy in the summer and i don't have to (laughs) so it's perfect but obviously a a tremendous a tremendous player now she's a junior thank you yeah she's a junior and uh loves golf loves playing i love playing golf she beats me i can admit it i'm okay with it my son beats me my other son beats me and so does my wife well, yeah, that's uh, that's tough to admit. Now, do you get to present the award to your daughter tonight? Uh, she is out of town playing in a golf tournament, but okay. yeah, I would have. Yeah, that's I had awesome. a whole thing ready to go. I was going to make fun of me. I was going to have a little fun with her. And now I just got to say, she's not here, so I'll just take the award. <laughs> it's all good. Nice. It's all good. Now, do you think you get choked up talking about her? Do you get? Do, will you get personal? Uh, I no, I I won't. I uh, I say that now, and then it'll, it'll be Niagara Falls. So thanks a lot for bringing that up. <laughs> thanks a lot, Anthony. No, but it's really cool, and uh, I appreciate you bringing it up. Oh, Thank that's you. Fantastic. Thank yeah. you. So she's a junior, and I imagine she's got sights on playing in college. She too. does. She wants to play beyond uh, her high school days, and. And um, I probably, I can't say what I, I want to say, but let's just say it this way, is that there may be in, uh, have been supposed school involved, but she was getting ready for a tournament this weekend. Her parents may have taken her out of school to go work on her uh... game. And I said, you know what? I'm not a bad dad because you're not in school right now. You're yeah. working on your game. And she said, well, it could be a four-year investment for you. So what do you care? Wow. Thinking about college. So I said, you know what? You're right. You're right. Let's go. Let's go. Let me start spraying the ball. You hit it down the middle. We'll get through 18. <laughs> you, just, you just gave me a, a flash of what it could be when Madeline is, you know, she's seven now. Get a club in her hands. I'm serious. She took, yeah, she, she the last two summers she's taken, she's taken awesome. lessons. Yeah, through Lindbergh, and uh, Lindbergh's got it over in, um, uh, what's the big court? Tapawingo. Yeah. yeah Tapawingo do does it. They the golf programs for young kids here it, it's, it's incredible phenomenal they do a great job in fact the her instructor is the 
the women's coach for now. I'm going to blank on the, on, on the maybe? school. No, it's not Lindenwood. I'll think Maryville, of it. Maryville, Umso's got a really good program. I'll think of it. He, okay. he does a tremendous job. And he's so, you know, it, 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 a lot of kids. I mean, we're talking about seven-year-olds, six-year-olds, yeah. five. My, my son took some golf lessons. Five, he's five. He's a lefty. He's just he's just hacking. Awesome. But yeah, he, does, Phil. he does a great job. Yeah. It's fun. It's funny when you play golf. It's such a hard sport. But when they're little and then you're in like a foursome and you're the parent following him, yeah. it might be the most frustrating experience <laughs> of your life. It's close. It's very close. But it's all worth it when it all works out and they have fun playing the game you no ask doubt. him if you can uh play through oh yeah <laughs> hey, hey sally just, hey do you know yeah. just play through hey just little sally through. get out of the way we're playing through <laughs> exactly. it doesn't quite work that way marshy although you wanted to yeah. that's for sure <laughs> dan mclaughlin andrew marsh anthony stalter's fast lanes we're gonna talk some blues we're gonna talk some mizzou we're gonna talk about cardinals we're gonna talk about uh the nfl action this weekend we're gonna do picks what's you know your what? favorite pick of the weekend anthony like when you and i are together and marshy it doesn't really you know we have this formatted show and we really don't stick to any of it no i've noticed that so we've just done 10 minutes of golf and uh you know you never know what's going to start uh, coming out of our mouths no as long as it's the right thing you know you don't want to be cussing too much preferably yeah mm-hmm. i was watching so, for instance, yeah. <laughs> he's watching Pat McAfee's show today. Yeah, great show. They're dropping all kinds of language. Now, Marsh, you've explained this. The first two hours. So does he do a three-hour show or four-hour show? Does a, he, yeah, he does a three-hour show. Um, the first two hours are on ESPN, and then the last hour is on ESPN Plus, I believe, and on YouTube. And that's so when that they... the final hour is when they can go back to their original mm-hmm. show where sure. they're just letting it fly. But I, they have dropped some some cuss words Marcy, on ESPN. This was on ESPN. Yes, so they've done it before. Did they... They caught them, right? They kept going. Yeah, they just keep going. There's no, no problem. I mean, but ESPN caught the curse, right? No, 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 they, they just, just kept going. Go. There oh. was multiple yeah, times. They, they probably get fined, and you know he's got enough money to pay it off. Wow. And also at the beginning of the show, they have the fake Lou Holtz come on. Uh, <laughs> that and, guy's hilarious. He's so funny. And um, they'll say like, "This is a you know, this is a big boy show, and adults." From time to time, they they will cuss. So uh, I've seen. I mean, that's not what it is verbatim, but it's along the lines of that. So they let you know, hey, we're probably going to drop a, a few words here that that probably shouldn't be on television. Yeah, I've seen the graphic. You know, like working out at yeah. our MAC. Uh, our MAC. I've seen the the graphic up top there at our MAC. Missouri Athletic Club. That's Thank correct. you very nice. Yep. Uh, very much, Marshy. Very nice. So the Blues get it done last night against the Coyotes. <laughs> they, they beat they beat Arizona 2-1 to one in a revenge spot for, for the Blues. How uh, about that power play? Oh, man. It's really good. Just rolling. Mm. For Arizona? or No, that'd be for the Blues. Uh, okay, yeah. 0 for 7 last night. Yeah, they're now 1 for 35 on mm. the season. Ha- at one I point, mean, they had a 5 on 3. Dude. And did nothing with it. Here, okay, so they here, won the game, though. I mean, that's bottom line. They, they won, won the, the game. game. They've won three out of their last four. Let's, Good home let's, stand. Let's stay positive here because that is, that's that's what matters. Wins and losses matter, especially for a Blues team that has been inconsistent. We're not talking about the, a juggernaut. We're not certainly not talking about a, a rebuild. We're talking about a team that's retooling. It's inconsistent. So three out of four, home stand, excellent. Do you remember it was last week, and I think Jamie was in, but we were talking about the inconsistency of the St. Louis Blues, mm-hmm. and we were like, man, this could be a long season. The way mm-hmm. that things are going, power play was really bad. Power play still really bad. They're not scoring, but 
there were other things that were of concern because they weren't scoring, remember, across the board. Right. They weren't scoring at all. They're being outshot consistently. Yeah. That's changed. And if you would have said, okay, you're going to win three or four on the homestand, you're going to get six points and be competitive in all the games, for the most part, I thought their first half of the first period the other night, the game they lost, I thought they were playing great. Oh, me too. The first first period, I thought they were outstanding. Against Winnipeg. So if you would have said that a week ago, you're going to get three out of four, you'd have said, okay, yeah, I'll take it. I think that's the way it's going to be all year. So that's kind of where I'm at with this team now. So they they outshot Arizona 33 to 20. They they had more hits than Arizona. Faceoff percentage was higher. All that. But when you go to you go 0 and 7 on the power play. What did you say? One one for 35 now. They're now yeah. one for 35. At one point they had the uh, five on three. They only got two shots on goal. The uh, the franchise record for most power plays without a goal is 10 in a row. Wow. So I mean you're looking at. Uh, you know, some exclusive company you don't want to be a part of. No kidding. I feel like you got to be pretty optimistic, though. They're in a playoff spot right now. That second yes. wild card, the three well, points out of third place in the Central. Yeah. Yet, their power play is abysmal. So, let, I, th- I think that you can do two things here. You can do one of two things. You look big picture. Not one of two things. You do two things. Big picture, you like, you like where this club, you like where this team is at. But if you just isolate the power play... How much how much differently do we feel yes. about this Blues offense, about this team overall? If you were even average on the power play, Anthony, it, it changes everything. It cannot be this bad throughout the season, and it won't be. I mean, things do have a way of evening out. Mm-hmm. Marcia, you love watching hockey. Yeah. I mean, you don't see this type of power play that's this inept. No. I mean, you just don't. So, I mean, to your point, Anthony, I give him credit because it is going to get better. Mm-hmm. Can't get any worse. It has to be. It, it will. It just it, it things even out in sports, especially at that level. I mean, if you said that, okay, now they're going to go one for the next thirty-five. They're going to be two for seventy on the year. No, no chance. No. Right. You know. Right. So I it, it evens out, and I think to your point, you get a few goals in there that find the back of the net. Maybe it's even a better season than you've had so far, which is as Marshy said. You're not far out of first place. You're in a playoff spot. I think you would have taken that right now. Remember what Doug Armstrong said, too. Third place. Third place. Yeah. Well, look up. Where are they at? Third you're, place. So you're 6 5 and 1, and it's been a difficult 6 5 and 1. That's, that's the way I yeah. look at it, too. Like, you've made it harder on yourself to win those six games because. You're not you're not scoring on the power play. I've always I've always I don't know if this is Dan. I think I hope you'll appreciate this. Uh, I Marsh, always appreciate what you have to say. <laughs> Dan, you. This is why I love doing the show with you. Just feel good about myself. Jamie comes in. I feel terrible about myself. Oh, don't uh, say that. Jamie loves you. Well, he loves you know me like a, a younger brother that he likes to pick on, which is fine. I picks get on it. all of us. He does. He does. You're not the only one. But Dan, you sit down at uh, the, at the blackjack table, okay? And you're playing blackjack. It's, it's difficult to have a good run if you don't hit your double downs, right? Absolutely. That's the power play. It's difficult. You could you could still be profitable by the, at the end of the night if you don't hit your double downs. But how how much you know how how much? Give me more? that seven four. Give me the six yeah. five. When you play, by the way, do you do you make sure that you just keep going until you get to seventeen? How do you do it? Or do you get on no. a roll? Because you probably count cards. No, <laughs> I wish. I wish. <laughs> so Damn. say say the dealer's showing ten. Yeah, and you've got uh, you got eight. Okay, I don't care what you got. Mm-hmm. All right, you got four and four. Yeah, you're gonna hit. You're asking me if I hit on sixteen, basically. That's what I'm trying yes, to say. My, yes. I'm going around unless, a long way of doing this. If if it's a if it's a, if it's unless it's a bus guard, of course. Yeah, obviously. I hit sixteen. Yeah. Okay. They got a ten. They got a nine. They got an eight. I, I'm not. 
Of I'm course. not going down w- with a 16. Every do you ever have that feeling when you're playing, just like I know I'm going against what I've done for the last three hours, but I'm I'm staying. Yeah. You ever do that? And then the dealer gets his card, gets the five on sixteen. <laughs> you want to reach over and just grab him or her and say, "Really? <laughs> Why?" Everybody's looking this at time? you. This time, everybody's looking oh, at you they're, sideways. They're pissed because you just blew it. Yep. It's uh, playing third base. There's a lot of pressure there. Have yeah. you seen the movie Twenty One? Love it. Yeah. Is that the one with Kevin Spacey? Or yeah. not Kevin? Is that his name? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Kevin Spacey. The Prior to him getting into some trouble. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great movie. It was. Absolutely. Counting cards. They're counting, they're counting cards. Yeah. yeah. Well, they had they a also went to Harvard or something on. like that. Yeah. yeah. Was that? That was a true story, wasn't it? Yes. Yes, it was. Was it actually? Yeah, I think it was. I believe it was. Yeah. Mm. Yep. So anyways, Blue's got to capitalize, <laughs> <they gotta> capitalize <laughs> on their power plays. And, you know, you get to hit these double downs. That's right. So I'm with you on that, man. Yep. I, I think you make a valid point. Let's just say they get to an average percentage on their power play. Might be another win, might be two, and you're talking about a different team. No question. They've what? got a tough test, though, tomorrow. That's why Jamie isn't with us. He's traveling with the club. They mm-hmm. head to Colorado. So after a little momentum, winning three of four, just a one-game road trip, I think it's going to be fun to see what they have tomorrow night. And Robert like Thomas we're... is playing good hockey oh, right he's now. Playing great. So he's been phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. He's been great. We'll, you get, know, we'll get to him a little bit later. Here's the other thing, too. I was looking at some teams that are struggling, and then I started looking the at sharks. I, the Sharks. The Sharks actually beat the Oilers, and you're talking about Dreisaitl, you're talking about McDavid, and Connor McDavid was pointless against the Sharks. He's got a total of two goals and eight assists. Mm. Okay, so they're tied with the Sharks for 31st in the standings. So if you think the Blues struggle at times, how could the Oilers be doing this? So it's early in this. My point is it's early Mm -hmm. in the season. Trends will change. Other trends will be what you thought they were going to be before the season. Mm -hmm. And the Blues will be right in the middle of things as you go along. And to your point, Dan, one of their problems was goaltending. Jack Campbell sent to the AHL. He had a terrible goal let in last night, if you saw it on the internet. And they demoted him, too. Yeah, he he was demoted. But I think that's the difference right now is the Blues, even though they're not playing their best hockey, they're getting good goaltending, which are keeping them right here in the mix. So they own the worst save percentage, the Oilers do, right now in the NHL. And they're fourth from the bottom in scoring under three goals a game. So The Oilers. The Oilers, with all the firepower they've got. So teams are struggling that you don't expect and it happens all the time. That's Dan McLaughlin, Andrew Marsh, I'm Anthony Stalter. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. If you want to leave us a mic drop, no matter what we're talking about today, you can always leave us a mic drop via the 100% free 101 ESPN app. If you want to text us, you can always do so on the Air Comfort Service text line at 314-399-9646. Uh, or you can watch us on the Air Alliance Team STL, uh, 101 ESPN STL YouTube channel. Let's get into the Cardinals. Let's assume the cards do not land an ace. So they do not sign Yamamoto, Nola, or Blake Snell, which is a distinct possibility. In fact, I think the odds are pretty high. They don't sign an ace or trade for an ace. Can they still build a competitive rotation? And what would that look like in your eyes? This is where you can leave us a mic drop, uh, participate. We're, maybe we'll hit this several times throughout the show. I want to get into that next in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
Hey, you guys. Uh, I had a discussion with my buddy Chuck, and him and I know that Johnny Bowties probably won't do much and just try to promote from within tonight uh, for next season, even though he talks about signing three starting pitchers, which they could be all number three through five pitchers and just say that he did it and he lived up to his promise. But who knows what's going to happen. Hopefully he doesn't. Hopefully he goes out and does the right thing. And uh, also... Um, Always hit your 16s against a 7 or higher. It's important. Don't screw the table. <laughs> That's Raising Cane's Andrew. So, Andrew, yeah. uh, every, great advice. Yeah, every year for Dunk's birthday, Andrew always brings us some Raising Cane's. Him and his oh, boys. Oh, that is the Andrew, Raising Cane's guy. That's uh, Andrew's fantastic. He always hooks awesome. us up, so thank you. I uh, love to get low. Always love getting mic drops, too, from Andrew. So yes. We, we appreciate it. And uh, great advice there. You always hit your 16s. Always hit your 16s. Or don't, but play consistently. Got to be consistent yeah. because uh, you know that it's up to you to make sure that the table wins. Exactly. It's all you. It really is. <laughs> it falls on your shoulders. It certainly does. Yes. That's Dan McLaughlin, Andrew Marsh here. I'm Anthony Stalter. It's a fast on 101 ESPN. I threw out the question of if we assume the cards don't land an ace. And I know already, Dan, that I've lost half our listeners who are now furious with me. Uh Uh-huh. I'm furious. No, I'm not. I'm really not. You're realistic, though. They're they're probably not going to land a Nola, a Snell, a Yamamoto. I don't know if I necessarily say that, Dan. I, I don't know if I necessarily say that. There's some flexibility there that if they want to get creative with their assets, meaning players, everyday players, they could do it. They could get into more money to spend. Okay, so you're more optimistic than I am with that. I'm more optimistic about them probably going to that second tier. There we go. Okay, Okay, so that's where we start. All right. Can they still build a competitive rotation? And what do you think, what, what would that look like to you? Hold on, am I the only guy that wants to revamp this bullpen? No. Guys aren't going deep anyway. So give me some bullpen arms that come out of that pen and sure. shut teams down. You've been on the Josh Hader bandwagon. I have I'm been. Not, I'm not going to push back. But I'm they're not, not going to hate that. that. I, I, don't, I don't think they're going to do that. I'm more apt to say, if you want to go the internal options route, I'm okay with like Zach Thompson being Libertor. in the bullpen. Yeah. Libertor, lefty out of the pen. I'm okay with that because we've seen that model here and we've seen it work. Plus, when you start throwing a lot of free, Dan, you know this, free agent dollars at relievers. I'm not just talking about Brett Cecil. There's a long list, if you go around Major League Baseball, of signings that don't work out when it comes to to the bullpen. Absolutely. Plus, they're the thing that's most available at the deadline. True. That's very true. But I'm with you. Chris Stratton's a great example who was really good for the Cardinals for a year and a half and goes to Texas. And at first, he was lights out. Mm -hmm. So I'm with you on that. They get King in that deal, and John King pitched pretty well for the Cardinals down the stretch. Let me give you some names. Yeah, please. You ready? Okay. And then we're talking about a competitive – this is Dan McLaughlin's competitive starting rotation – that does not include an ace. And not in necessarily, this isn't necessarily in order of importance. But okay. I, these are names that I've been looking at, kind of researching, that I like. Eduardo Rodriguez, yes, left-handed pitcher. I don't know, though, if it's beneficial to have three. I'm going to say that they would get then two starters and Zach Thompson's in your rotation, potentially. And if that's the case, you got Matt's Thompson, Rodriguez. That's three guys in yeah. your rotation. Three lefties. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know if I like that. With the 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 fact is that the majority of guys in Major League Baseball are right-handers, right-handed batters. Okay, that's something to think about. So you're not you're already giving us names, and you're saying I don't like it. Well, I'm not saying I don't like it. I just say I'd be cautious with okay. three lefties in my rotation, and that's sure. with the idea that Zach Thompson's in your rotation, which I've got no problem with. Mm-hmm. I've been bullish on him. I think he's very good. I think he's only going to get better. And I think he needs a spot, whether it's in the rotation or the bullpen. But I'm going with Zach Thompson somewhere with my 26-man roster next year. Uh, how about Lucas Giolito? So buy low opportunity maybe on Lucas Giolito, who yeah. was dreadful after getting dealt by the White Sox. You're talking about not being far removed from receiving the Cy Young Award and at least consideration in three consecutive years. Mm-hmm. So buy low, see what you get. Now I that like may that. be a bounce-back guy. But he'd be, I guarantee there's going to be some teams that are on him without question. They're going to say, we saw some things, we can correct it, this is why you struggled, and we think if you get in the proper hands, we can help you get to that next level. So mm-hmm. that would be somebody. Um, I'd have to revisit Jordan Montgomery. If I'm the Cardinals, i got to look back and, yeah. and say, he was pretty darn good here. Uh, he just won a World Series. He's talked about being a number one. We need a number one. <laughs> And maybe that's a guy that I'd revisit. Mm-hmm. And you're not talking two hundred million dollars. You're talking about second tier. Yeah. It's going to get expensive, like one twenty five, probably. I would think in that range. I was thinking more like one ten to one twenty five, but mm-hmm. we're we're talking. We're in the same ballpark. Sure. So that would be somebody, Sonny Gray, which everybody's talked about. I, I had his projections at three years and sixty three million dollars. So that doesn't hurt you. No, it doesn't hurt you at all. And he's had a better ERA plus than Castillo, Gallon, and Wheeler. Mm-hmm. Now he's going to be 34. That would concern me a little bit, but that would be somebody that I'd look at. Yeah. All right. So that's some of the group I had. I got a couple more if you want me to throw it at you. I'd be more than happy to do it. Are we signing all these guys? No, no, no. I'm just throwing names at you because right. I'm a geek and I go through this stuff. Fair. I, I kind of like doing it. Marsha, you're looking at me like I'm crazy. No, you're not crazy, Dan. I just I just had like a thought in my head wondering if the Cardinals, and I don't know if we've really even talked about this as much as we've talked about going out and getting, you know, three starters or looking at the internal options in terms of Zach Thompson, Matthew Libertor, etc. But I wonder if the Cardinals will look at this upcoming year and expect Miles Michaelis and Steven Matz to bounce back. I think you have to. I think I that's exactly that I mean, then, what then you're talking about five guys. That's what yeah, right? that but that's that's the same mistake they made last that, year. That's what that's what came to my mind. So would you rather have Matz in the bullpen and Thompson in your rotation? I think that would be more of the question because you got three holes to fill. You right. don't want to make it four, and you know for sure Michaelis is in. So yeah. now you're talking filling four outside your organization. I, I don't. That, that's not I mean, going to happen. I feel. I feel like they, they they'll look at what Stephen Matz did before he got injured and be like, "This is we can work with this because he was pretty good. Like he was yeah. pretty good before he got injured when he came back to the rotation." I'm afraid that they'll look at that and be like, "Okay." If we can have those two bounce back to what we think they can, and that is how they usually go about things, maybe they don't end up you know, getting as many starters or the quality of starters that we are expecting. The one thing about Matt's, I think, that we got out of him in watching these games is that when he went to the bullpen, he aired it out. Right. And so we saw better velocity. He was mm-hmm. pitching in on right-handed batters, and just he was more aggressive. And that then transferred a bit to what he was doing in the rotation. Mm-hmm. If he's that guy... Then you're fine. Right. Then you're fine. Um, 
I'm going to carry this over. Let's uh, let's let's continue talking about this because I, I'm okay if the Cardinals if the Cardinals sign two pitchers to and when I say long term, I don't necessarily mean six, seven, eight years. I mean multi year contracts, like so a three year sunny deal. I'm good with if they do if they do two, but I still want to see one thing building off of what you just said about Stephen Matz. We'll we'll talk about that next in the fast lane on 101 ESPN. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, treks, envision, azek, and decorators to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Stop by and see Hackman's expanded paint department, too, with brushes, rollers, painter's tape, and four different lines of interior and exterior paint. Custom color match available. Visit Hackman Lumber's newly remodeled stores in St. Peter's and Pacific, or their showroom in Troy, Missouri. Hackman Lumber. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. To the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Can the Cardinals still build a competitive rotation even if they don't sign an ace? Our guy, uh, 618, chimed in and said, great. Now we're settling again. He's had some hot takes. There's no question about it. I'm not saying they should settle. It's just, you know, if Aaron Nola doesn't sign here, yeah. Blake Snell doesn't sign here, and Yamamoto doesn't sign here, you're not going to have an ace. Pretty much. Can you still build a competitive rotation? Pretty much. I think you can, but my concern with with the approach that we have seen, Dan, is – they're they're only concerned about improving the rotation and not building a competitive one. You know what I mean? There's, yes. You don't have to. There's go, a difference between the two. Dan, you don't have to. You don't have to go. <clears throat> you don't have to go nuts to improve the rotation off of what you had last year. It, it it couldn't get much worse. I also think that they feel, and I haven't talked to anybody down there specifically about this, but I also think they they feel you have another year of Jordan Walker. You have another. Prime year of Arenado. Goldie is going to be Goldie. Uh, another near for, a year for Newt to get better. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It, Gorman, a 30-home run guy. So, I mean, I think that they look at, like, projected runs, and they say, we're going to be even better than we were a year ago, mm-hmm. which can, comp- you know, compensate for some of the misses that you may have pitching-wise. Yeah. But to the greater point, I mean, the pitching has to improve. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't go into next year – with some what ifs and banking on some guys maybe bouncing back, or you're hopeful 
Matthew Libertor lifted weights and put on 50. I don't care. Exactly. I, you know, you can't do what you did last year, which is cannot. exactly what you just described. You can't. You got to hedge your bets. Yeah. So th- that leads me into what we were talking about. So you, you asked about Stephen Matz. You said, would you be okay with if Stephen Matz, you know, or, or you, you said, you asked, do, do you like Stephen Matz better in the rotation or the bullpen? I, I would love to see the Cardinals kind of force the issue with all of their pitchers next year where you say, hey, you're not guaranteed a spot if you're Steven Matz. Michaelis, he's got a contract. He's been same very good with, for you. Same with Matz, though. Matz, Matz, at least, you're already through two years, and the dude has not been healthy. Yeah. So, to me, you can kind of push the issue a little bit, but you have to sign one of these, at least one of these one-year flyers. See, I'm good if they go the route of, like, hell, if they get Marcus Stroman and Sonny Love Marcus Gray, Stroman. I, I I wish they would have gotten him a couple years ago. You know, or, or Gray and Rodriguez or Stroman and Rodriguez. Some combination of those two guys, and then they went with the one-year flyer. Like like a Giolito. If Giolito tests the market and it's not great. Kenta Maeda. Maeda. Like him. Severino. Tyler Malley. You, you wouldn't get him, though, until the second half of the season coming off of Tommy John. So no thanks. Severino, it was interesting. The Yankees at one point, he was struggling so badly last year that they did an opener for his starts. Mm-hmm. So they would push him back thinking, well, if we try this, maybe it's a change of pace, different look for him. That really didn't work. And then they put him back in the rotation, and he got better. Mm-hmm. It goes back to what we were talking about, too. It, the player and the pitcher is in the eye of the beholder. You know, and sometimes you can look at a player and say, we see something that we can manipulate in a positive way to get him back to where he needs to be. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure the Cardinals feel that way about certain pitchers, just like certain teams saw the Cardinals and looked at them differently. It happens all the time. Yes. Happens all the time. I'm good with a one-year deal. I am too. And then letting the bottom of the rotation kind of fight fight its way through, but still signing three guys. And then I think you could be competitive. If they go the route where it's Waka and, I don't know, even a gray Waka, and then Zach Thompson's going to fight. To me, you're just trying to improve on what you have. You're not trying to necessarily be competitive beyond the NL Central. The other thing, too, they've got a couple of young starters and young pitchers that they like, and Tink Hens would be the one that comes to mind that isn't that far away from – Major League Baseball, I'm not saying he's here next year, but when you start talking about the contracts that you want to dole, dole out that, that you're talking about, like two, three-year deals, then all of a sudden that's off the books and you got Tink Hens here. So you got to think in those terms too. What are you going to look like three to five years from now? What's that going to look like? What are we projected payroll at that point in time? We think player X is going to be cost-controlled in our system coming up, and all of a sudden he slots into one of our rotation spots. That also goes into your mindset of what you do in 2024, which is something to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. Well, so, if that plays into what we're talking about with a one-year deal. Yeah. Yes, Marshy. We got a text from the 314. Wanted to get your thoughts on this. 314 says, Not getting an ace or enough starting pitching wouldn't be as inferior, infuriating if the front office would improve and spend on pitching development by expanding the pitching staff at every level and finally starting their own pitching lab, how are we going to attract the top talent and the most competitive players if we don't give them every opportunity to improve or keep up with the same amenities as other top clubs? It shows that we're not serious about winning or investing in our players. I think he have, I, I think that I think the tax absolutely nailed it. The only thing I'll I'll 
I would alter a little bit is I don't think Nola necessarily cares, but a guy like Zach Thompson cares if you don't have a pitching lab. Yes. Or that impacts, you know, that impacts some of your younger guys. Yes. Nola's not going to say, you know, oh, you don't have a pitching lab? I'm not going to sign here. So it, for what he said in terms of enticing free agents, I, I to me that I, I think it misses the mark, but the 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 other 98% of that tax is absolutely spot on. Do you remember Zach Thompson really struggling at one point last year, mm-hmm. certainly when he went down to the minor leagues? Now, I think part of that was due to the fact that here he is in the major leagues. He's got a defined role, which was in the bullpen, whether you wanted him there or not. And to me, it's human nature. When you go back down and they say, now you're going to stretch out as a starter. We want you to work on being a starter. In his mind, I think you sit there and go, what's going on here? And number two is, I was just enjoying big league money, big league travel, and the big league life, and now you're sending me back down to Memphis where I'm getting up at 3 in the morning to catch a flight. Hey, by the way, that's part of the deal. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's not I'm feeling sorry for him. It's just there's a vast difference between AAA and the major leagues. And one of the things that they did do was they got him with certain people and they also worked with him uh, in the pitching lab and getting him right and looking at some of the things that maybe were mechanically out of whack. So I think you're spot on, Anthony, for it's more of the younger generation of players, not a NOLA that's already established. Wouldn't be used really for Miles Michaelis unless he got completely out of whack. Right. But it is for these younger players, and that's where you have to be to keep up with the Joneses. No we were talking about Steven Matz, you know, maybe going to the bullpen if if you know that doesn't work out and you bring Zach Thompson up to this uh, to be in the rotation. I mean, do you think that not having a defined role impacts how these how these guys play? Because I mean you mentioned Zach Thompson being sent down and then Matthew Libertor, who was doing really well at AAA last year as a starter, then gets brought up, has a good start, but then they sent him to the bullpen and the rest of the year ended up being what it is. I wonder if there's like a mental thing to that. I, I definitely I think that there's something when guys don't have a defined role it does tax on them mentally. Mm-hmm. I, I really do believe that the game is hard enough anyway. Mm-hmm. Like mentally, you're you're fried by the end of the year. I I remember I did a game with Nomar Garcia Parra, and after we got done, I said, "Man, I said I remember your rookie year, and it was great, and and all this stuff." And he he was in Boston at that time. He said, "Yeah, I went to a hotel room, and I bought the room for two weeks, and I closed the blinds, and I didn't leave after the se- the season was done." Wow, he was that physically and mentally taxed. So. I think if you're a young player, it, not having a defined role is sometimes that's just the way it goes. Mm-hmm. But if you're a Steven Matz, for sure, you want a defined role and what you're going to do going into spring training. If you're Zach Thompson, to Anthony's point, you're fighting for that spot. Mm-hmm. So open it up and say, look, we've got open competition here, man. It's yours to win or lose. Yes. Go for it. Yeah, it doesn't matter who we bring in. Exactly. What do you do? Yeah. yeah. Dan McLaughlin, Andrew Marsh. I'm Anthony Stolzer. It's the Fastlane on 101 ESPN. I th- you know, there's a lot of people already saying that this one top quarterback, not top quarterback, he's not a top quarterback, he was in college, but somebody already down, like, ah, this guy's done. Let me guess, you're going to Carolina. Yep. Yes, sir. How about we pump the brakes? That's next on 101 ESPN. <laughs> Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. No, I'm not worried about Bryce's confidence. I think he is, I think he's mentally tougher than. 
uh, a lot of rookie quarterback. I mean, for as a rookie quarterback, considering the start we've had, um, I don't think I see any retreat in him. That's not the right word. I don't. I see aggressiveness. I see resolve. Um, I see determination, and and I feel like he's taking ownership of it. So that was Carolina Panthers head coach Frank Reich following last night's game 16-13 loss to the Chicago Bears in Chicago no surprise no surprise at all it's a short week the Panthers haven't been good and the Bears you know while three and seven they they actually been playing much better of late I mean uh, that Tyson Badgett's been decent I like watching him play he's mobile he's kind of he kind of has that backyard style of play to him where he's just going to run around and find somebody open now he wasn't great last night either maybe it's because of just his backstory that I love watching him play sure you know being what a d2 the equivalent of the Heisman of d2 or whatever Mm -hmm. it was I don't know man you see a guy do that in the NFL it's pretty cool it is his dad like this unbelievable arm wrestling champion exactly three time ten time whatever champion Is Carolina's offense broken? I think it is. You know, Dan, I wrote down a couple of names. Jared Goff, Trevor Lawrence, Peyton Manning. Jared Goff was awful his rookie year. Trevor Lawrence was awful his rookie year. Peyton Manning threw an incredible amount of interceptions his rookie year. I'm not saying Bryce Young winds up being Goff, Lawrence, or certainly a Hall of Famer in Peyton Manning. What I am saying is... You can't determine what he is after nine games when he's playing behind one of the worst offensive lines in football, playing behind or playing with a running game that is absent, and throwing to Adam Thielen. So here's where I would counter you just for fun, is that look at the zone concepts defensively that Chicago used, okay? Now, I'm not in the weeds on this stuff, but I watch and I can tell what they're doing. So he's trying to check down, check down, check down. He's got to read those situations, and he's not. And yep. my my concern would be, and this is with any young player, but a QB with the pedigree and resume that he has, is that if you bury a guy and he doesn't have any success, and you you named guys that struggled and and got out of it, and now are you know preeminent players in the league or had been, um, I just would get concerned that I would be burying a guy. To the point that it's tough mentally and and just you're you're shell shocked. It's it's yeah. hard to recoup over some of those years that you have, and the confidence goes exactly. Out the yeah. Well, the other the other thing, of course, too, is that C.J. Stroud is going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year, and he's going to do so running away because he has been just incredible. But I've I've made this point before. Houston's got a better overall team than Carolina. Houston's got a much better team now. The people. The people that hear that, they'll say, well, who does he have to throw to? I'm not I'm not talking about who he has to throw to. I'm talking about playing behind a better O-line. I'm talking about playing for uh, a team that actually has some semblance of a defense. I'm talking about playing with guys like, well, not household names, Nico Collins is a, is, is a veteran. Oh, we got around the, the fire last night and talked about Nico, Nico Collins. Nico Collins, did yeah, you? Yeah. We, were, we were, I said, kids, household name. come on together, finish up your... Uh, dinner and we're talking Nico Collins there you tonight. Go. Exactly. <laughs> Tank Dell has had a much has had a great rookie year in part because of CJ Stroud, but the other thing is Nick uh Tank Dell is a, is is a better receiver thus far than Jonathan Mingo who the Panthers drafted. There's they're a better overall team 
it's not just C.J. Stroud is playing light years better than Bryce Young. He's the rookie of the year in my he, mind. By far. Yeah. He's playing for a better team. You have to account for that. Oh, no doubt. And defensively, if you're better, it's going to make you look better if you're deficient offensively. Correct. That's so obvious. I Carolina, to me, is broken, man. They don't have in any a lot talent. Of, no. I mean, in a lot of facets. And by correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm not in the weeds. Like I mean, you're unbelievable, this stuff. Well, thanks, Dan. You are is that if Chicago won last night, that actually bettered their draft selections because they had traded with Carolina, correct? correct. So by beating them, not only did you want to win, mm-hmm. but then also you improved your draft situation. Yeah, you're going to have the number one overall pick. You're probably going to have two, two top five picks. That's awesome. So you can completely rebuild. Awesome. It also works <laughs> against Carolina. You don't have the talents. No. And you gave up a lot to get Bryce Young. So that winds up that winds up hurting you more, too. Absolutely. So you don't have the draft compensation to to get back into this thing. But I look, maybe Bryce Young is he he doesn't develop at all. But I remember a lot of people also saying, "Boy, Trevor Lawrence, you know, that that guy he, he's not he's not a Clemson anymore and all that stuff." And it took one head coach Urban Meyer getting the boot, and then Doug Peterson coming in, and Doug Peterson realized, let's build around him. Let's get some more. De- the GM brought in a bunch of defensive guys, include, including uh, a local product and uh, Foye Oluokan, who's a linebacker, who's an underrated linebacker, came in. Where did he play at? He played at CBC, I believe. Okay, that's what I thought. He may have been on the same team as, uh, or maybe he played at. I think it was CBC. I'm sure the text line is going to help us. They'll out. help us out. He played. He played with somebody else that that wound up making it in the NFL too, or maybe maybe he was a basketball player. Hold on, this is going to bother me. I'm going to look it up real quick. Foyo Luacon played for. He's from St. Louis, obviously. Uh, he went to John Burrow. So yeah, I think okay. he played with Zeke. He must have been pretty close to that Zeke team because he's 28. So did they better have won state. I don't know if they did. I don't know if they did either. I think they did. I think Zeke won a state championship. They're the same age, so they both they play yeah. they played on that same team. You got together. two NFLers in high school. Yeah, they're pretty darn good players, no doubt. Yeah, you better win state. Anyways, now my, my point right is ahead. they brought in defensive talent, and Trevor Lawrence in year two wound up looking light years ahead. The Carolina Panthers got a long way to go. Yeah, let's not write let's not write off. Bryce Young quite yet. I'm not writing him off. I just would be concerned, and I don't think it's necessarily the worst thing to sit him and just say, you know what, you're shell-shocked, yeah. and don't take this the wrong way, but we need you to get right, and we're not providing that for you, so this is as much on us sure. as us trying to protect you. Mm-hmm. And we love you. You're our franchise guy, but, man, and and really what you're doing a little bit is tanking. I mean, if you put in another guy, you're – why? Why wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. What are you one in eight now, or one? Yeah. yeah, one in eight. The problem is you don't have that. First, you don't have your. You don't have your first round pick. I know. I, I'm just. <laughs> you could draft high in the I second. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, man. It's not me, great. Yeah, I, I don't know, situation. man. I I watched it with like concern yesterday watching that game. Yeah. Yeah, he's got no help. By the way, Jim Harbaugh has received a three-game sideline ban. So that's what the NCAA has ruled when it comes to Jim Harbaugh. The Big Ten is expected. It's the Big Ten. Has ex- is expected to ban Jim Harbaugh from the sidelines for Wol- the Wolverines' remaining regular season games. So he will not be on the sidelines for Penn State. He will not be on the sidelines for... Maryland or Ohio, Ohio State. State. Yeah. So. I you know, we were talking last week and I made the point that Tony Batiti is the the Big Ten commissioner. Mm-hmm. This thing was getting out of control 
and people were getting pissed across the board in college football, yeah. you had to do something. It, when you had that kid on the sideline, Stallions on the sideline, dressed in Central Michigan, Central gear. Michigan garb. Was that what you call it, garb? Garb, yeah. yeah. When you had that, that is so egregious. Mm-hmm. I don't care if they're stealing signs. Every team is probably doing some form of sign stealing. That's just part of the deal. You're yeah. trying to look for every edge. But when you got a guy dressed on the sideline doing that, right? that's so egregious and so wrong mm-hmm. on every level. You can't go to that level. Right. It's terrible. And if you're not if you didn't go to CMU or you didn't you're not coaching on CMU, don't you wear that maroon and gold? Okay. Yeah. Don't yeah. you wear that maroon and gold? What are you doing though? It's, it's it's CMU. No offense, but this isn't Ohio State for God's sakes. Well, he was scouting Michigan State. Okay. From CMU sidelines. Okay. But if you can't beat Michigan State So what was State, he doing the week before then? Well, yeah so jim harbaugh gets a three-game ban from the sidelines i guess what do you think that really does though i i agree i mean nothing what's the point on the headsets he'll be up in the booth he doesn't call plays anyway so can he do that can he go in the headsets so assuming so he can't coach on the sideline but he's allowed to go up in the coach's box i'll i'll read the entire it just broke the news just broke i'll read the whole thing i was thinking that like hey you can coach your team that's the one thing it did say i i read yeah, he will be allowed to coach during, coach the, during week. the week. Yep. But I would think that he wouldn't. It'd be like a manager being ejected in baseball. Right. Like you're out, you're in, you're supposed to be in your office, mm-hmm. not relaying anything and to your. You're Bobby Valentine. You're yeah, wearing the. That's the best ever. Yeah, it is. Wearing the mask with yep. the mustache. It was fantastic. What, Hilarious. Do they call, what do they call those? Groucho Marx? Yeah, it was a Groucho Marx costume. Yeah. Or yeah. Whatever. All right. Um, so Marsh, Marsh texted us today about a team being interested in Jordan Bennington, I would tell them to go blank themselves, but I don't know, maybe maybe Danny got a different viewpoint on it. We'll get into it next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. So a couple of national and local guys for Edmonton are stirring it up. So the Oilers are in dire need of a goaltender. They're in dire need of wins. And some are making the connection between the Oilers and the Blues. Greg Wyshynski noted that uh, he, he mm-hmm. tweeted out, he goes, in, in the league basement, season basically over, need a goalie savior? Bouchard for Bennington, let's go. Hashtag Oilers. Friedman on the oil on Oilers now. Oilers can't wait, and that Picard is not a solution. He has no doubt Oilers are looking for a goalie. Goaltending is on the top of their list. Enlisted. Let me click on the show more here. Uh, enlisted Bennington, Allen, and Saros as options that they've looked at. Believes that the Oilers should go for Saros. And then one more here, Dan. Yes, sir. According to Reed Wilkins with 630 Shed and Inside Sports, Bennington is someone the Oilers are interested in and have checked in on. With a tandem of Stuart Skinner and Calvin Picard, likely leading the Oilers for the foreseeable future, it's not hard to understand why they've decided to check around and see who's available in that. Now, if I'm Doug Armstrong, I at least listen to anything. That's his job. That's your job. 
I mean, you got to listen. If somebody calls, you just listen, and you might get a steal, and you say, yeah, that appeals to me. Mm-hmm. I, I had not heard this, and in my wildest imagination, I couldn't imagine that this would take place. Now, Ken Holland is the GM of the Oilers. He's on the hot seat. I mean, they're they're off to a terrible start. They're now 2-9-1, 31st in the standings. They have one road win. To uh, Marshy's point, the the goaltending has been awful. Stuart Skinner is shaky at best. I watched him the other night. They demoted their backup. They have the worst save percentage right now in the NHL. Fourth in the bottom in scoring with right uh, Dreisaitl and McDavid. Hmm. So, to me, um, it's not just the goaler. You're you're having all kinds of issues with this team. Right. And when you're on the hot seat, man, you'll do desperate things. And that would be as desperate a move from the Blues' perspective. Though, why would no, you? Why, would you, do, why would you do that when you're in the middle of not a rebuild, but kind of a retool? And to me, Bennington has been really good this year, mm-hmm. and he's going to be the reason that you win some games, and maybe a reason why you get into the playoffs. Why would you do that to your franchise and your organization? You wouldn't exactly. Yeah. What What I gather there's two things that I gather from these reports. One. The, the, the people that are reporting these things are only looking at it from the Oilers' perspective. Mm-hmm. That's it. And I got it from a Blues perspective, though. If they give you McDavid, I'm going to make that deal. <laughs> and if you want to th- if you want to throw in Dreisaitl, I'll think about mm-hmm. it, but I'll probably pull the trigger. trigger. That's about it. Yeah, that's a good call, Dan. Thanks. I don't think that's the deal that's being offered. <laughs> I the, doubt it. The other read that I get on this, guys, is that if we go back to the preseason— the national media was pretty down on our blues. They did not they, they they did not see a team that was going to rebound. And I think that this is carried over into reports like this. You've got na- a national guy in Washinsky saying, "Ah, you know, hey, the blues aren't, you know, the blues are, aren't that good. They need defensive help. Throw, you know, throw Bennington to Edmonton." They're not viewing it like we have, which is that, "No, this team is good enough to rebound and get in the playoffs, but you're not going to do it without Bennington." Yeah. So I don't understand why this this doesn't make sense for Doug Armstrong and the Blues. I guess too, if you're in a retool, sometimes you're looking to dump salary, and that would be the only reason I'd think that you'd say, "Well, we got out of this contract." I'm not sure though why you'd want to get out of the contract. No, I think it's pretty reasonable. Yeah, I mean, considering what you're getting out of Bennington, and he's still in the prime of his career, he's. Off to a good start. There's no he reason to think cup. that he's in, and he's and he won your first cup. I mean, come on. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think that would happen. It, it would only make sense if Joel Hofer completely took over a, like a year ago, and you know mm-hmm. the future is Hofer, and you're trying to get out of the contract. That's, That's not it. the case. No, I, I'm with you. If you knew you had your backup was you're going to be your number one, then you'd say, yeah, I'm I'm listening. Okay, this is kind of interesting. We get out of this deal, free up some space. Maybe take a look at it, but they don't. They, I mean, to me, Joel Holfer is not, and Marshy, you would know better yeah. than maybe me, but Joel Holfer is not ready to be the guy. No, and he's looked good. Like he's looked serviceable. He's a rookie, though. You're going to put all that, ex, you know, all those expectations on a rookie. No. And they pretty much already told us what direction they want to go in in terms of goaltending when they didn't keep Billy Huso. True. They like Jordan Bennington, and why wouldn't you? He's been playing fantastic this year, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. and everybody knows. He won you a Stanley Cup. And why are we helping the Oilers? Right, yeah. Who why? Can, why, why? That's their problem. <laughs> right. We have, we have our own problems over here with our power play. Yeah. But our goaltending, like Dan said, is a reason why we're winning games. Why? Mm-hmm. We're not going to help them. No, the other part is, too, if you give up this type of asset, then you throw in another asset that is not – 
a good asset for what you're doing. So you take an existing contract and you say, I'll attack you want this guy that badly. I and by the way, I'm not saying this is what the blues are gonna do. Yeah. I'm talking in a general right. perspective of sports. You say, sure, you're gonna have player X, but you're gonna play you're gonna take player why mm-hmm. and player Y makes six million dollars a year and you're going to take that and we're not going to take any of that without this yeah and that's how you make those kind of deals and this one doesn't make any sense to me i could be completely off base but just from the outside looking in it makes zero sense from the blues perspective agreed and i love what you're saying that the national media didn't give the blues a lot of love early no. on and if you look at it from the perspective of being in town watching it every day following it every day you're saying this Blues team has got a chance to make the playoffs. Why would you make that kind of move? Mm-hmm. You wouldn't. And I, I guess I understand it too because I've I've been there before, where on a much you know smaller scale, I'm covering an entire league, and you're moving quicker. You're not the national guys are not spending an, an ungodly amount of time on the Blues. I mean, we talk about it, we talk about them every day here because it's our team. These national guys are getting just that that brief that quick. Boom, and then you're moving on to the other 29 teams in the NHL. Yeah. So I get it if you look at it from their off their off season compared to what they did last year, and say, well, I don't know, they've they've improved that much. I don't really like them, and you move you move on. And the other thing too, people will feed the national guys things that they get out that, that just to feed it and make a story out of something like this because they're looking in a different direction, but sure. throwing it out there saying. Oh, we're, well, we're linked to this guy, too, but really they want the other player mm-hmm. just to drum up some of the interest that could be out there. That happens all the time with agents. It happens all the time with front office people just to leak it to a national media guy and then let it catch fire, and all of a sudden here you are in St. Louis talking about trading Jordan Bennington, right. which no, is thanks. ridiculous. It, both to you know to both of your points, like looking at this Greg Wyshynski tweet, Evan Bouchard for Jordan Bennington. No. Buddy, we already have like 87 defensemen. Right. We don't need another one. Yeah, no. We don't need another one. We can barely find playing time for some of our other defensemen. You tried. Thanks. You tried. That's it. You made a segment out of this, though, Marshy. I'm proud <laughs> of you. Thank you. <laughs> nice job well, there, Marsh. We're just talking. Yeah, yeah. you get four hours. You got to think about things to talk about. No doubt. You know, that's that's a decent one. Yeah. Hey, nice work, Marshy. Thank you. I feel like I had to compete with the 16s. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Absolutely, the 16s. 312, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. How concerned are you that the Cardinals will stay stuck in their ways and only concentrate on winning the NL Central? That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Hell no, the Cardinals can't survive this year without an ace. Go big or go home. And if you're not going to go after an ace, you might as well just release the whole team, pack up, and not even play this year. Hope he had a good ball movement. So that was coming from yeah, the coming uh, from a, the bathroom. Yep, that's um, that's the six one grape. Yep, leaving us a mic drop on that. What's wrong, Marshy? What do you what? I'm just laughing at your joke. Dan. Oh, it did sound like he was in a bathroom. It did. Maybe he's at work and he decided to duck in real quick, leave us a mic drop, which we appreciate. Yeah, no doubt about that. Yep. I mean, that's a loyal listener. Dan, do you agree with that? If you don't get an ace, should you just pack up the whole organization? No, I don't. Um, like not even play? I, I'm kind of back to where I go back and forth. I, uh, I'll i just be honest. I go back and forth. Sometimes I think, like, go out and get Nola, spend the money, um, and then kind of backfill it. But then I also think like you could also spend more money on 
two for sure, maybe a third bringing them in, look at some bounce back guys and just start the competition and say, we're going for it. You know, like let it rip with these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, the bottom line is they're going to get pitching. Now, what it looks like, no one knows. They're going to try to, and probably the Cardinals don't know. They've got an ideal target list that they're going to go in. They probably have variations of those lists if guys go off the board that they're interested in. But at this point, no one knows. Now, would I fold up the 10 if they don't get who they want? Absolutely not. Why would you? Here's here's my fear, Dan, that they go with the low ceiling, high floor player like they like they often have. And it doesn't work out. And it doesn't work out. Sure. Because what what happens? They hit they hit their ceiling, which isn't very high, yet the they also, you know, the the floor while high is not it's it's just not great. Right. I felt like they did this a lot through the drafts in, in previous seasons. Jordan, you know, you land Jordan Walker and you land Mason Winnell. I'm not talking about those drafts. I'm talking about the ones that were like Pete Cosma and even, you know, Dakota Hudson. You had a you had a period there where I felt like they were going for, hey, this guy's gonna make the big leagues. Probably as a fifth starter or probably a, you know, as a utility guy. That's what they were drafting in the first round. And they were eschewing the the high upside high school player. That has changed under Randy Flores, thankfully. And now you have guys like Jordan Walker. But my fear when it comes to free agency is that it, they'll bypass the high upside guy like a Severino, who used to be an ace for the New York Yankees, for Michael Walker because Michael Walker has a, has a higher floor. So you're saying maybe the safer bet... They're going to go with the safer bet and and continue to do what they always have, which is, hey, we just got to win the NL Central. That's my fear. I don't know if they're just complacent winning the NL Central. I, I don't think any team goes into the season and outwardly says, first of all, outwardly, they would never say, well, we're just complacent to win the Central and see what happens. <laughs> but, I mean, even internally, I think you go in and you're excited about your club and you say, we think we have a chance. You know, you, you look at the other clubs and what they're doing. What would concern me as a baseball fan, and if you like the Cardinals, is that you're looking what the Northsiders are doing, giving Craig Council $40 million. Mm-hmm. What's that mean? That What are they going to do with their payroll? You just gave a, Yeah, you just gave a manager $40 million where some of the decisions are dictated by the front office. I mean, he must be a hell of a communicator to get $40 million. Yeah. And... and to his credit, he took lesser talent and was able to advance that. But, but the expectations are now way higher. They are higher. I would say this, though, too, in his time in Milwaukee, he also had very good pitching, starting pitching. Yeah. And I always go back to Moneyball. I, I crack up when I think about it. You also had Zito, Mulder, Hudson. Mm-hmm. That's going to make you and I pretty smart, too, if we could roll that out every, right. just about every other day. So I, I don't know, man. I, I don't think that they're just complacent – just getting in and seeing what's what's going to happen mm-hmm. but i would agree with the assessment once you're in it is a crapshoot yeah just get in find a way to get in now going back to the the six one great look i i do i do agree with his if you if you are if you are thinking more like all or nothing he's right if you don't get an ace you're gonna win anything big well if, if you're gonna but you do have to that, develop that guy hey, if you're gonna do that then you you spend on aaron nola uh-huh. you're gonna say i'll take a flyer on trevor bauer yes and then i'm gonna go get yamamoto too yeah then then all of a sudden you say yeah uh, we're going all in see i i mean if you get if if i'm gonna spend big if i'm gonna go if i'm gonna go all in 
on an ace. I want the young guy. I want Yamamoto. I realize he hasn't done at the big league level. Just I understand turned 25, that. right. He just turned 25. He's got swing and miss stuff. Sign him, and then if you want to, to use your term, backfill with two one-year deals, Bauer, Severino, Maeda, Giolito, if he winds up taking a one-year deal, I'm good with it because you did bring in that ace, and then you're rolling the dice with two two guys that are, you know, they're, they're, re- they're in, they're in that, that pillow contract, or whatever you call it, that, that rebound contract. I'm okay with that because you went for the high upside. The game is about swing and miss. I think everybody would agree that with that. It's also about power, and that means strikeouts um, from your rotation. I'd be really curious, though, let's just say for argument's sake, you're keeping Arenado, you're keeping Goldie. So you got a couple of gold glovers at the corners. What are you doing up the middle? You got Mason Wynn, mm-hmm. you got combination of Tommy Edmond or Brendan Donovan. Do you necessarily have to have the ultimate swing and miss guy. So do you understand you what I'm ha- saying? Yeah, you don't have to. I need some ground ball guys maybe, and I know I understand that that's not how the game is played anymore, but they need to get back to being fundamentally sound too. That That's Bingo. something that you're kind of missing with this team. Now part of that was due in part to the injuries that they sustained. So you had to put Tommy Edmond out in center. Brendan Donovan's playing some outfield. You're putting Nolan Gorman at second base, and he's fine, but he, is he going to win a gold glove? No. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You had players out of position. If you felt like I'm going in with the everyday set defensive lineup that I have, I'd be a little bit more comfortable with less swing and miss. Sure. Which probably means a lesser tier guy because the big guys that you want are swing and miss. Just something to think about moving forward. Well, and they kind of, and, and this is what they did this, this past year. They were okay with going the swing and miss route, but. To your point, they kept mixing and matching because they had to because of the injuries and things like that, but your defense stunk. This kind of goes back to what you were t- saying, too, about the bullpen. This is, this offseason needs to be about run prevention. Yes. Not about starting pitching. You're right. It, it needs to be about run prevention, and which includes starting hand and in hand with the other and defense. Exactly. Right. They have gotten away from that. They... And and Dan, you know, you were around the club more. Uh, you were around the club, period. So... You had you had the front row seat to to watching this, but in my opinion, in 2019, that's when things really started to shift. Because and even before that, I guess right at the Ozuna trade, I would say when they were looking for offense, they were looking for offense, and I felt like they they kind of sold out for offense. And this this was the five year byproduct of of doing that. You saw your run prevention bottom out last year because you sold out for offense yeah it wound up being a big mistake i I know what you're saying i yeah there's some truth to that probably i also think that you made a trade to bring in goldie at that time which i don't think a lot of people think about is that do you remember when he first got here they just pitch around him yeah i mean you just wouldn't offer him anything to do damage and you just made this deal to bring this guy in in the prime of his career winds up winning an mvp for the cardinals but you needed somebody around him that if you decided to walk him, you better have somebody re- there ready to do some damage. Yeah. And I understood it at the time. Obviously, hindsight 2020, which is what we talk about all the time. Would you love to have Sandy Alcantara? Yeah. Would you love to have Gallon? Of course. But it didn't, you know, at the time. And Gallon developed, that's the other thing. Gallon developed another pitch when he got away from the Cardinals, which made him more successful. Would that have happened here? 
Maybe. You don't know for sure. Well, that's a problem in and of itself then, if well, the answer is maybe. But he got up to the big leagues and wasn't having, you know, or it was at high, he was at AAA and, and knew he needed another pitch and developed that to his credit. True. So those things happen. Um, but at that time, you needed some type of power around Goldie. They went and got it, just didn't work out. You sacrificed some defense, and here we are. Yeah. Doesn't that go to the larger point of needing to spend more on top-end players? Yeah. Because right now we're in that cycle again where in another five years, if they do end up going the trade route to get an ace instead of signing somebody, there's some people that want to trade for Tyler Glass now or right. you know maybe you trade for Dylan Cease, right? Maybe in another five years we're back to the offense being – just just disappearing you know it's something to think about too is uh being a fly in the wall at the gm meetings the, one of the things you're going to talk about is trends in the game and i wonder what all these gms and president of baseball operations are thinking we all can look at it and go look the trend in the game is power mm-hmm. strikeouts run prevention is always something you're going to talk about how do we maximize lineups um off days for players, you know, and you study each other and did it work out and did guys feel fresher down the street? I mean, all those things are being talked about, but I'm just throwing something out there. If you can't get the top swing and miss guys, what is the next tier of what type of player that and pitcher that you're looking for? Yeah. So if you don't have them, you, you better get somebody that's complimentary to what you put out in the other eight spots. Boy, your defense better be outstanding. You bet it better. Yeah. All right. Better be, yeah. That's Dan McLaughlin, Andrew Marsh, and Anthony Stolzer. It's a fast line on 101 ESPN. Let's get into some college football next. How big is tomorrow in, for, for Mizzou in terms of winning based on what you've done this season? I think that's kind of an important question when it comes to Mizzou. And uh, can they pull off a very small upset over Tennessee. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Hosts Tennessee tomorrow will be number 13 versus number 14, a pair of seven and two teams that are both three and two in conference play. That one's at 2.30 on CBS. And I, I think, gentlemen, that uh, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I think that this winds up being just as a, of, of an important game as the Kentucky matchup, as yes. the Can- Kansas State matchup. This is one, not that you like have to win like you have to beat Memphis, you know, like you can't lose this one. But based on the season that they have had thus far, which is you should have beat LSU, and you could have, if you limited the turnovers, beat Georgia, if enough things broke for you in the end, this is one where you say, we're better than Tennessee. We're better than Kentucky. We're better than Tennessee. We can win an important non-con game like Kansas State. We're better than Florida. We're better in Arkansas. This, I think, is the next step when you look at the evolution under Eli Drinkwitz. This is an important game tomorrow for Mizzou. Yeah. The Tennessee defense, by the way, I know you get into the numbers. They mm-hmm. have not been good 
away from Knoxville. No. And that's something to consider tomorrow. Mizzou is going to have a packed house. Should be probably, what, 65, 66,000. What would concern me, and I don't know, you're, you're a football guy. I'm just a dork that uh, likes to talk about football. That's you what I am. You're, you're, no, I am. You're into the football, too. I am. I'll admit it. For my friends. Absolutely. And... Um, and helping them in ways, no doubt. Yeah, that yeah. you might think about during a football season. Mm-hmm. Anyway, one of the things that would concern me as a Mizzou fan is having a bye week, going to Georgia, leading in the fourth quarter, and losing, and then having a letdown going into tomorrow. You're amped up. All of a sudden, there's a little bit of a letdown, and you know, candy Things come fall flat. Yeah, you just fall a little flat. Candy come out firing. I'd, I'd say the first like ten minutes of that game to set a tone at home will be a key to that game. And I know you can say that for a lot of games. I get it. But coming off a bye week, the emotional loss, it's just something I'd be concerned about if I was a Missouri fan. Well, I think that's, you know, you you raise a really interesting point, and this is where your coaching comes in. Yes. This is where Eli Drinkwitz and his staff says, hey, you left it all on the field last week, but that's last week, and we have three games where we need to continue to build. And this is also for from his perspective of saying, Look, I've taken this program to a different level. Yes, did we lose at Georgia? Yeah, tough loss because we expect to win these games now. But if you lose to Tennessee, it's kind of like, well, it could have been a great year and now it's, eh, yeah. eh, it's okay. But if you have wins over K-State, Kentucky, Tennessee, I don't care where uh, – Florida's down this year, but Arkansas, I, Florida – you look back and say, we lost to LSU in Georgia. This yes. is something we can build upon. Absolutely. This is also a matchup that I really like, Dan. If you look at, even if you go back to like that Kentucky game against Tennessee, Kentucky runs a similar offense as Mizzou. Tennessee does not have a great pass rush. And the kid for Kentucky, the quarterback, he was able to escape the pocket a couple times and run. I think that this could be a big game for Mizzou's offense. Defensively, Kentucky did not tackle well, and they did not contain Joe Milton. That was the problem for Kentucky. They lost. They lost a close, close-ish game to Tennessee in Lexington. You got to. You got to. You got to force Milton to stay in the pocket and play quarterback. And you also got to contain Jalen Wright. Wright is their their running back. Their stout running back. Kentucky did not. They got him. They they allowed Wright to get to the edges too many times. They didn't tackle well, and Tennessee got yards in chunks. So when I look at this game tomorrow. Love the Mizzou offense versus the Tennessee defense. I think Cook could have a big game. Where the concern is, is defensively, can you at least play that bend but don't break? Don't give up big plays. If they if they limit the big plays, they're going to win this game. Talk to a Mizzou fan right now, and you're a guy that literally studies the tape. You watch everything. You get into the trends. Where is the program right now? If you were talking to a Mizzou fan and, and you're just sitting down and shooting the bull, mm-hmm. and you're saying, you know what, Mizzou's okay, or maybe they're great, or they're good. Where do you think the program is right now? Coming into the year, I was still of the mindset of, you're on that third tier in the SEC. You're you're behind, you know, you're behind the obvious ones. Bama, LSU, Georgia, you're behind them. And then I had them slightly behind Tennessee, Kentucky. Uh, is there anybody else that I'm Forget about Florida's down. Auburn's down. Auburn's down. South Carolina's down. What about Ole Miss? Ole Miss, certainly. So that I had them there. After what I've seen thus far, I think they're in that 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 next tier. Obviously, because you beat Kentucky. If you beat Tennessee tomorrow at home, 
then then you're on that upper second tier. You're still not in the Georgia, Bama, you know, LSU tier, although you hung with LSU. But I think you're in that second tier with the arrow pointing up. Yeah. That's how I would describe that. Now, if you lose tomorrow, depending on how you lose. And this is where I was going with it's this. It's like, okay, you're yeah. you're probably still in that second tier. But my expectations, admittedly, were too low on Mizzou coming into the year. My I'm, expectations I'm now are, hey, win. You should win that game tomorrow. I, it's I think, not a gimme, but you should win. And I'm sick of the, well, they played tough at Jordan. No, go win. Yeah. If you're going to be an upper echelon team, go win. I mean, it was set up for them that if they won that game, to have a chance to get into the college football playoff. And that's not an absurd statement. No. That's true. Yeah, you could have ran the table. You could have run the table, and you could have got yourself in. Now, would that have been a ridiculous run? I understand that. Yes, it would have. But if you're going to be a championship team, mm-hmm. that's how you have to do it. And the transfer portal we were talking about this in in the office i mean it just changes everything you know if you Absolutely. want to turn if you want to turn things around quickly and go get the four star guy or go get a five star guy whatever they are top guy you have a chance to go do that if they're not getting playing time at other places and turn this thing around yeah. or become an even better team to your point get to another tier mm-hmm. and i think he's doing that but you have to prove it with a game like this weekend if you do it this weekend then it becomes, this is a really good year because you should win against Florida. Like you said, you should win against Arkansas day after Thanksgiving. Yeah. And then at that point, see where everybody else is. I think if you get more speed defensively, you're going to be in really good shape. That that really stuck out to me. Against LSU. Against LSU. Yeah. When they faced LSU, I'm like, okay, your, your, speed, your lack of speed defensively cost you. I didn't feel like that last week, though. I didn't think that the speed was the issue. It was the turnovers. It was the it was the self inflicted wounds that really cost you at Georgia. So when I look, I'm like, okay, you get some speed defensively. Use the transfer portal, or you continue to recruit. If you can merely match up better speed wise, you're you're going to be on another level here. Isn't it funny that if you're Florida State, you're Georgia, you're Alabama, it used to be get a kid in and you got four years of that kid. Mm-hmm. And now, if you're one of the great recruiters out there, you can change this thing in a split second by going out and not only re-recruiting your kids to keep them there, the ones that you want, but you can go cherry pick yeah. and find guys that can play and play right now in your system and right now on your defense, your offense, your special team, whatever. I don't care. Yeah. But, man, you can turn this thing around in a heartbeat. Okay, so, Dan, to your point, why can't you be Ole Miss? You should. Why can't you be Ole Miss, right? Like, that, that I think, is the next step for you after after, after this Tennessee. Year. After I, Tennessee. I'd say after Tennessee, then Ole Miss is that next tier. Why, you beat them. Why can't you be? So, the difference now between Ole Miss, your offense, actually, I think, is very comparable to to Mizzou's offense, uh, Ole Miss offense. You know, they got Jackson Dart, and Jackson Dart has had a good year, but Brady Cook has been as good, if not better, than Jackson Dart this season. But the difference is Ole Miss has got more speed defensively. So if you can get to that point, why can't you be what Ole Miss has been under Lane Kiffin? Somebody that's going to be annoying to Alabama, and in your case you're going to be annoying to Georgia if you continue to play them. Why can't you be that program now moving forward? You should be. There you go. I, don't set your expectations low and say we got a chance to do this. Amen. I mean, if you if you truly want to be that, you, you went into the SEC trying to upgrade everything that you did around football. Mm-hmm. Now you're in. You had a couple good years, made it to some SEC championships. But if you're going to be like that, you got to be upper tier. That yes. means you cannot lose to to Tennessee tomorrow. I agree. You got to win those games. I think they win tomorrow. They're not favored. 
No. It's well, it, like one and a half right now. I thought it was point and a half. So it's essentially a pick em. Yeah. Which I think, actually, it's, it's gone up to two and a half. I, I like Mizzou tomorrow. I, I do. do. Too. I'm just concerned about the early goings of that game. Yeah, I, I can just see a fall off when you're at number one and Georgia hasn't lost forever at home mm-hmm. and they've been so good inside the league. And you had a chance, man. You were there. You had a chance to win the game. How many times have you seen it in sports? All of a sudden you get you that get little... off the mat. Exactly. Yeah. Get off the mat and make something happen. There you go. Let's do some NFL midseason awards. So we'll, we'll talk about uh, MVP. We'll talk about Coach of the Year. But I also want to get into other things like biggest disappointment, team and player. Biggest surprise, team and player. We'll do that next in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Let's do some midseason NFL awards here, and then we'll we'll expand it a little bit to talk about some of the bigger surprises and bigger disappointments. But if you guys were to hand out an MVP to a player right now, who gets your MVP? I got a three man race. Okay, all right. I got Patrick Mahomes yep. right now, the leader in the clubhouse, who's pl- who has actually played very well. He hasn't got a lot to help. Got a lot of help though. I'd go uh, Jalen Hurts. Okay, and I'd go Lamar Jackson. I think it's a perfect three man race. I yep. agree. That's my three. And and Lamar, actually, I think Pat has the least amount of help. I would agree with that. And then Lamar would have the second least. I mean, you're talking about, I know he's got Mark Andrews and Zay Flowers has been very good. But at one point, I don't know where they are now, but at one point, the Ravens were leading the league in drops. And Lamar still had good numbers, good uh, a high completion percentage. So his numbers could be more off the charts than they are now. Okay, so how much do you put stock into this is the age-old question like in baseball. So um, the MVP if your team is winning or not Lamar Jackson's Baltimore Ravens have now just won four in a row. They beat the Lions by 32. Mm-hmm. Good Lions team. Mm-hmm. They're coming off a big win against Seattle. They destroyed them. They had over 500 yards offense so this guy's getting better and better and better. And then you have like a guy like Mahomes where everybody kind of, oh, well, it's Patrick Mahomes. Oh, right. he's got Kelsey. Oh, he's got this weapon. And really, it's their defense who has been unbelievable. Very true. One of the best in the uh, the NFL. So do you go with the guy that just continues to win or do you go with the individual that just puts up unbelievable numbers? I think it's got to be a combination of yeah, wins, wins with and production. And, I, and for, for that, I, I would give it to Lamar. But I agree with you. It's between those three guys. Okay. I think it's Lamar right now. What do you got, Marsh? This will sound interesting and very biased, but I think if Kirk Cousins is not injured, I think he's my midseason MVP, especially with the way they've been playing. Now that doesn't even matter because he's not playing the rest of the year. But I have to go with Patrick Mahomes. I think if you take him off that team, they're terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they that there's a lot of truth to that. All right, uh, Coach of the Year thus far for you guys. Coach of the Year. All right, Coach of the Year, I'm going uh, two guys, but uh, Robert Sala would be my Coach of the Year What from the Jets. Just because he's got to work with Zach Zach Wilson? You could have me under center right now, and he's winning games, which basically he does. (laughs) So I give him credit for winning games. I'd uh, realistically go with Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell would be my Coach of the Year. 
Dan Campbell, kind of the sentimental favorite for for a lot of people, I feel. Yeah. And you know, to Dan Campbell's credit, that team was hyped coming into the year, and they have not disappointed. Not at all. I think Mike McDaniel deserves a lot of credit to have the Dolphins at six and three. I know they've only beaten you know losing teams thus far. But if you look at the Lions, the Lions have only beaten losing teams too thus far. Detroit went three and thirteen. Except for Kansas City, of course. His first year, nine and eight last year, six and two this year. Dan Campbell's been great. Yep. You know, you know who I'd actually give it to as of right now because I like their trajectory, their their upward swing here would be the guy Marsh just mentioned. Well, the team that Marsh just mentioned. Yeah, Kevin O'Connell. Pretty Kevin good. O- Kevin O'Connell lost Justin Jefferson. He has now lost Kirk Cousins, and that team, if they held on to the ball at, at just an average, for an average amount in the first four games, they're probably right there with Detroit. And to do what he did last week it was remarkable. It really was. And how they won that game, that puts you, that, that you're squarely, you know, in the center of what the, the, the uh, football world was looking at. For mm-hmm. him to be able to do that. With a guy that went down, a guy that didn't even know the playbook, and win that game Just and how they center. did it. Yeah. Like, that's pretty amazing. That's a, that's a hell of a coaching job. It really is. I think I'm going to go with Mike Tomlin. I have no idea how the Pittsburgh Steelers are 5-3. and three. They have, in their net points, minus 30. And they are 5-3 and three and in second place in the AFC North right now. They've been outgained, I think, in what, every, every game except for maybe last week? Or maybe they're no, out. Everyone, so they're out game by the Titans. Yeah, everyone eight games straight. They were wow, and it hasn't Just. happened since like 1944 or something like that. That's... A team that was outgained every game and it has the record that they have. That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't at all. So whatever he's and they're doing, two games above 500. It's insane. Yeah, it is insane because looking at that team, you would probably think they're a bottom five football team in the NFL. Certainly, offensive player of the year so do you go with mvp or offensive player of the year because it's going to go to probably an offensive player but if i was going to do this and then you can explain yours i've got five guys christian mccaffrey okay tyreek hill aj brown jamar chase and lamar jackson okay i i highlighted one guy there because he tilts the field every week he makes his offense go uh, he's got probably his own. We didn't even mention him, but he probably has his own quarterback in MVP race because of him, and that's Tyree Kill. Yep, Tyree Kill is the ultimate nightmare for a defensive coordinator. Not that Christian McCaffrey isn't, and AJ Brown has had a remarkable season, but as of right now, I would say Tyree Kill is the offensive player of the year. So in my three-man race of MVP, I went Mahomes, Hurts, Jackson. I had on the move Tua and Joe Burrow. So yeah. I, I got. I, I'm with you there. I'm. I'm Tyreek Hill makes Tua look awfully good. Now, does. Tua does it. Don't get yeah. me wrong. But you're right. He makes his QB look pretty awesome. Yeah, Tua fits perfectly in that system. He executes that system very well. The rest is covered by Mike, Mike McDaniel and guys like Tyreek Hill. Yep. How about you, Marsh? I think it has to be between Tyreek Hill and and Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I know McCaffrey's it's been they're disgusting. Easy, they're easy answers, but they're the right answers, I think. I mean, you look at Christian McCaffrey. The guy is scoring every single game. Mm-hmm. Every single game. And then you look at Tyree Kill as yards after the catch. I mean, he he's leading in that. He's leading in just yards in general. I mean, he is a huge weapon. And yeah, two is throwing him the ball, but I mean, he's making guys miss. Yes. 
defensive player of the year. I got one, and that I, to me, it's not even close. Micah Parsons? No. Oh, you're going Miles Garrett? Yes. Okay. Miles Garrett has been. Uh, he is. He has wrecked offenses on his own this season, including the Colts. So where would you go with T.J. Watt and Nick Bosa? I mean, they're right there, obviously, and so is Micah Parsons, but it's it's Miles Garrett, long pause, then those guys. Do you guys see the picture of Miles Garrett without his shirt on? It, it was tweeted out. It doesn't look like he works so out much. He doesn't look like a human being. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like a Madden player. Holy you know, cow. Like what you would want to look like in Madden. You it's know? unbelievable. Yeah, he's he is so good. Marsh? Going to be a little biased here. I think this guy deserves some credit. Daniil Hunter leads the league in sacks with 10 um, tackles, 46. If you look at Miles Garrett, he's at 25, and he's got nine and a half sacks. So um, 14 of those are, are solo tackles. Daniil Hunter, 26. Plus, I think uh, when you look at that Vikings defense compared to where they were last year, it's a night and day difference, and yep. you have to give credit to um, you know the guys that are working hard on that defensive line. I look forward Plus to Brian Flor- Flores having him there helps too. I look forward to Brian Flores re- replacing Arthur Smith in Atlanta next mm. season. He's going to be fantastic. College game day is down at Georgia, uh-huh. and they're going to have Arthur Smith on. And I all saw. The, and all the fans back behind uh, Pat McAfee and the whole crew right, booing them. Yeah. Yeah. they're going nuts. He's he's the smartest guy in the room. Yeah, all, just ask him at all times. Yep. All right now. I mean, offensive rookie of the year, it's a, it's a no-brainer. It's C.J. Stroud. Mm-hmm. What about defensive rookie of the year? Go ahead, Marshy. Who do you got? Oh, man. I got Jalen Carter. I'd, Jalen Carter, yeah, I had as my defensive rookie. I mean, C.J. Stroud is my offensive. Yep. He stepped Same. in and, and just looks like a, like a, like a pro. Yeah. Pro's pro. Everybody passing him because of the off-field stuff. What about Nakua as an offensive uh, yeah, player Puka of the Nakua? year? Yeah. Yeah. He's put up some big yeah. time numbers. Yeah, He's, he just I think maybe pales in comparison to what if we did like quarterly season awards, he would definitely be up there. But you know that that offense has slowed down a little bit. And since and Cooper Cup got back, for sure, yeah, you know, but, still, but Nakua's still a put up good, good numbers. Stafford's out too. That hurts them. He, I mean, that's that's the key yeah. right there. All yeah. right, the comeback. biggest surprise. Oh, oh. yeah, do you want to do comeback? I, I think this is interesting. I mean, DeMar Hamlin. Yeah, so that's I was I was hoping he'd play more to this point because he would have been he would have been a layup. So he would be my guy, but because he's not active for certain games, yeah. I mean he's the sentimental choice. Sure, I would think. What about Tua as your comeback player of the year? That's a good one too. Maybe Josh Dobbs. Joshua Dobbs is a great one. Yeah, and I don't even I mean comeback. I don't know how you. That's where it gets cat, a little yeah. gray area. Like, because Josh Jobs didn't technically come back from anything, but I, I see where you're going with yeah. that. Where it's, you know, it's, it's almost come out of nowhere. And so, so let it play it out. But yeah, I'm with you. Yep. Let it play out and see what happens. What about Baker? That would be an interesting Bakey? one. What would have helped if if they won last week? Yeah, they had that game in hand. They should have won. They absolutely should have. Um, what about Lamar Jackson? There's another one that's had like a bounce back year. Yeah. So how many games? Do you miss where you say you fall into that comeback player category? I don't know. And he that's missed why six, six or seven? He did. And that's why I went with uh, DeMar Hamlin. Just sentimental choice Certainly. after shutting down the game. And yeah. he comes back and he's playing the guts to do what he's done. He almost died on the field. It's, exactly. Yep. Uh, all right. So we'll do this quickly. Your biggest surprise from a player standpoint, your biggest surprise from a team standpoint. 
My biggest surprise player standpoint is C.J. Stroud. I didn't realize he is this good. Yeah. Remember the, a few weeks ago I was filling in and we were talking. I go, oh, I'm not sold on it. No, I'm sold on him. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely sold on him. After what he did last weekend, that was incredible. Some of the passes that he made were just that. They were that, That's big boy passes. And that was against Baker Mayfield in yep. Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. What was the other question? Uh, biggest surprise team. Ooh. Biggest, so this is kind of like a fun. They, I did not see them coming. And maybe it's Houston for you, Dan, the Texans. Uh, I did say that. During the break, yeah, yeah, we were talking. We were just throwing some quick things out. That would be my biggest surprise. Probably my biggest disappointment is Green Bay. I'm right there with you. Yeah, and and, and I probably had the expectation because nobody really liked Green Bay coming in. I, I did it almost like a contrarian play because everybody was on Detroit. Yeah, and I thought Green Bay had a better roster. They're ter- they're they're not good. A chance they're to just watch. Not a good team. Love do what he's done, yeah, and no. the league has kind of figured him out. Film don't lie, man. It's not. No. It's not great. Not having Aaron Jones all year has hurt them. Biggest surprise would be rumors of Bill Belichick being fired. I never thought I would see that. It's a good one. At least anytime soon. I think uh, from a player standpoint, um, how bad Derek Carr and the Saints have looked. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, me and you, we thought f- we thought they'd blow the NFC division or NFC South out of the water this and year. And they still might. They still could. But they're but not good. No, they're not. No, they're painfully average. That has been a disappointment. Despite being a first place team, they have been disappointing. Mm-hmm. All right, we got to get to the gauntlet. So the gauntlet is next, and we've got another playoff winner, a, a champion coming Damn. back next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Three warriors, four categories, one challenger. Can you master the gauntlet? Brought to you by Master, your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit Mastor.com. Time for the gauntlet here in the fast lane where it's 404. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. It is playoff time for the gauntlet. So what we're doing is we're bringing back every gauntlet champion from gauntlet 2.0. So if you won in the previous gauntlet, congratulations. But this is a gauntlet 2.0 playoff round. We have had two of the three gauntlet champions advance. We'll see if Stanley can do so today. What's up, Stanley? How are you guys doing today? Doing great. Dan. How, how many do you have left? By the, hold on just a second, Stanley. Sorry <laughs> to interrupt you. But how, how many of the champions are returning? Ten. Ten, okay. Yes. Stanley, good afternoon. Sorry to interrupt you. Not at all. I was just going to say you guys will probably get me out of the way here real quick as no, well. No, 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 <laughs> Stanley. No, not one bit. All right, so Marsh informed me that you beat him to win your gauntlet trophy. Is that correct? I, I believe that is correct. All right. So these are the new rules now, Stanley. Would you like to, and you got to stick with this, if you advance, would you like to choose the category or would you like to choose your opponent? And just remember, if you choose the category, so let's say baseball, you cannot do baseball again if you advance. Sound good? Does that make sense? Yeah, that's fine. All right, so would you like to choose your category and have the wheel choose the opponent, or would you like to choose your opponent and have the wheel choose the category? I'll choose the category and let the wheel choose the opponent. Okay, we've done this. Has this been the case now every every time, Marsh? 
Um, I believe it has happened twice where uh, we They've have chosen, chosen the category. The, category. Right. the first the first contestant um, chose one of us. Gotcha. Uh, well, I can lose equally on any category, so it's really not a big deal. <laughs> Stanley, <laughs> come on, man. Show some confidence. No, You're good. returning champ. I am. I got you. Stanley, what, what category are you choosing? I'm going to go with football. Okay, this so football season. There you go. I like that. Now, Marsh, who's on the wheels? Just you and I. It's you and I. Okay, Dan, because Dan's already seen the the answers, so yes. it, would, it wouldn't be fair. All right, uh, Stanley, go ahead and tell Marsh to spin the wheel. Spin that wheel, Marshy. It's going to be either Marsh or me. I have yet to go, Dan, in the playoff. Really? Round. Yeah, Marsh has gone twice. Figured a lot of people would oh. just pick you. It's going to be Marsh. <laughs> Dan, it's <laughs> oh, uh, your strategy. It is Marsh. My old nemesis. The the wheel chose <laughs> DJ Marchy Marsh, and it will be football as the category. So let me get the launch codes. Marsh is going to make his way into the cone of silence. Dan, I'm going to pass over these launch codes. Yes, to you. sir. Each question is worth four is worth two points. Excuse me, is worth two points. If you need the options, Stanley, or if Marsh needs the options, those questions are worth one point. Are you ready? Yes, I do have to ask one question real quick, though. Sure. Since you guys are in the cone of silence, are you talking to me on a shoe phone right now? <laughs> Marsh, Marsh is the only one on the in the cone of silence. Dan and I are in the regular <laughs> studio. Are you like uh, you. Are you yeah. like Max Smart? Is that where you're going with right, the right, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. yeah I the old guys like me would get that. Yeah, <laughs> I get it too. That makes me old too. I guess that's all right. Yeah, I'm ready, buddy. All right, Stanley. Here we go. Through nine weeks of the season, which NFC team has scored the fewest points in the NFL? Through nine weeks of the season, which NFC team has scored the fewest Ooh. points in the NFL? Mm-hmm. Let me think here. Uh, Carolina comes to mind right off the bat. Uh, since they're one and eight, wow. New Orleans not doing too well offensively. Uh, I'm gonna say uh, my Arizona Cardinals. I'm gonna say uh, Arizona Cardinals. Final answer. All right. Question two. Which team won the first Monday night football game this season? Oh, wow. Which team wow. won the first Monday night football game this season? Yeah, I'm trying to think back to my football sheets. I pick every week trying to think of the first Monday night game. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, give me the options. I'll never get it. Okay, Stanley. The options are the Philadelphia Eagles. Detroit Lions and the New York Jets. It was the New York Jets. Final answer? Final answer. Yes, sir. All right, Stanley, which university plays their home games at the field that's nicknamed the Horseshoe? Who Ohio State University. Final answer? The Ohio State University. <laughs> yeah, you better get that V in there. Final answer? Final answer. Question four, New Jersey, which later became Princeton, and this other New Jersey University are credited for playing the first in the first American football game ever played back in 1869. What was that university? Wow. Cornell, final answer. Okay. Cornell. I have no idea. I'm just guessing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, welcome back, Marsh, from the cone of silence here, if Mar Marsh isn't looking. Let me go grab him. 
You know, if if you go to the cone of silence, rule number one is you got to pay attention. You got to pay attention. You can't He's hear anything. He's looking at his phone. Grant isn't looking. Hey, Marsh. Marshy. Let's go. Hey. Let me go grab him. No, uh, Grant's Grant finally looked up. Unbelievable. You know, I think we dock Marsh two points. Absolutely. Starts with I a agree. minus two. Jeez. Stanley agrees for sure. Man. Come on, Marsh. Marsh. What you're, do they do? You're in the cone of silence. You're not even you're looking at your phone. You're looking down the hallway. You're doing, you're doing anything but paying attention, Marsh. I was listening to Africa by Toto. 16 minutes went by. 16 minutes. Don't lie to me now. Waiting for you. All right. Here we go. Marsh, as you know, the category is football today against Stanley. Are you ready? I'm ready. Question number one. Through nine weeks of the season, which NFC team has scored the fewest points in the NFL. Which NFC team has scored the fewest points in the NFL through nine weeks? All right. Thinking of the last place teams. I think the Panthers have to be up there, so I'm going to roll with the Panthers. Final answer. Question two, which team won the first Monday night football game this year? That would be the New York Football Jets. Actually, I'm not even sure if they go by that. But the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 also known as the game that Aaron Rodgers played four snaps. Final answer? Final answer. Yeah, I call them the New York Football Jets because everybody says the New York Football Giants, Mm -hmm. which makes sense because there's a Giants baseball team, of course. Oh, there's a giant, or there's a Jets hockey team. Oh, that's right. Son of a. Nice job there, Marsh. Are you ready for the third question? I'm ready. Which university plays their home games at the field that that's nicknamed the Horseshoe? That would be the Ohio State Buckeyes. Final answer? Final answer. Question four. New Jersey, which later became Princeton, and this other New Jersey University are credited for playing in the first American football game ever played back in 1869. <laughs> Oh, wow. Pretty common knowledge. Sure is. <laughs> well, first, I have to figure out what what school is in New Jersey. You're on the right uh, track. Man, I had a question <laughs> about this a while ago with the, the Ivy League schools, and I still have no idea. Let's use the options. Options are Monmouth, Rutgers, St. Peter's University. Well, they're more of a basketball school, Dan. Let's go with, um, <laughs> what was the first one? Monmouth. Let's go with uh, Rutgers. Final answer. Okay. All right, let's go over these. Dan, we're going to start off with question three. Question three. Which university plays their home games at the field that's nicknamed the Horseshoe? Stanley, you said Ohio State. Then you said the Ohio State. Final answer. Marsh, you said the Ohio State. Correct answer is... The Ohio State University. Neither of you needed the options for that one. Nice job, gentlemen. We have a 2-2 tie. Which team won their first Monday night football game this season? Or which team won the first Monday night football game this season? Stanley, you said the New York Football Jets. Marsh, you said the New York Football Jets. Correct answer is... The New York Jets. But... Marsh did not need the options. Stanley did. So we have a 4-3 lead for Marsh. New Jersey, which later became Princeton, 
And yeah. this other New Jersey University are credited for playing in the first American football game ever played back in 1869. Stanley, you shot from the hip. You went with Cornell. Yeah, I should have went with the options. I knew it as soon as you said it. <laughs> Marsh, you went with Rutgers after using the options. Correct answer is Rutgers. Rutgers. So Marsh is a two-point lead. It comes down yeah, to this. The first one. It comes down to this. Stanley did not need did not use the options. Ooh. He did not use the options. You guys have different answers. Through nine weeks of the season, which NFC team has scored the fewest points in the NFL? Marsh, you said the Panthers without the options. Stanley, you said the Cardinals without Mm. the options. I'll let you guys in on this. Both teams were an option. Stanley, you said the Cardinals. If it is the Cardinals who have scored the fewest points in through nine weeks, then we have a walk-off today. If it's the Panthers, Marsh wins. If it's the New York football Giants... Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. You're right. Marsh also wins. Yeah. Dan, who has scored the least amount of points in the NFC through nine weeks? Joe Morgan. Oh, no, that was a few (laughs) weeks ago. (laughs) The New York football Giants. Stanley. Gosh darn it. You have chosen... Poorly. You lose. I gotta ask. I gotta ask both of you guys if you would have if you would have took the options there and you heard the Giants, would you guys have gone Giants? No, I wouldn't have went Giants. I would have either went Carolina or Arizona, like I was thinking to begin with. But Fair. I would have went Rutgers on the options on the last one. That's the one that screwed me up. I shouldn't have tried to shoot with. I just for some reason I had Cornell stuck in my head. I don't even think they're in New Jersey. <laughs> no, they're <laughs> not Ithaca, New York. But that's okay. That was right. yeah, man. It was Thanks, fun. Guys. Hey, thank you, Stanley. Thanks, Stanley. Good job. All right. Uh, So, Stanley. Stanley, uh, a fallen champion. Mm. Nice job, Marsh. Good job, Marsh. I still think I would have went with the Panthers. Those were some good options. I I would have gone with Carolina. Giants. I probably would have went with Carolina. I don't think I would have went Arizona because they no, they've been 34 on Dallas. They've been in games. So, I would have eliminated them. But Carolina was tough. The Giants have been dreadful, though. I didn't even think about them. How did they lose that game against the Jets? Zach Wilson, oh, Giants. Oh, the game two that weeks they, ago, the game that they mm-hmm. had in oh, had in the bag. It's because of Zach Wilson. Zach, he went went apple picking. Zach Wilson, two throws in that game, led them to overtime. Unbelievable, unbelievable is, is absolutely right. All right, Dan McLaughlin, Andrew Marsh. It's the fast lane on one hundred and one ESPN. Has Robert Thomas already lived up to his contract? We get to that next on one hundred and one based on Dan's. Reaction. I think he's got a pretty clear opinion on this. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Chris Kerber on the call last night as the Blues knock off the Arizona Coyotes 2-1. to one, And Robert the Thomas scores again. Goal-scoring streak continues. Four 
He scored a goal on four shots last night. Uh, Thomas scored the eventual game winner, tallied in the second period. You heard that off of Buchnevich, who fed him. Great stuff there. And the 24-year-old Thomas now has goals in five straight games for the Blues. He's up to six goals and 11 points through 12 contests for your St. Louis Blues. This is huge for the Blues. I mean, this is big. You know, the the talk was that he was pass first or too many assists, not too many assists, but shoot the puck more. And he's doing that and getting results. And when that happens, it gets contagious. You know, I, I, I do believe that. I think that there's momentum with that. And maybe his game changes just slightly. But by him doing that, as he lived up to the contract, is the question that you asked. Well, time will tell. Yeah. It's so early in that. But uh, so far, so good, man. This is what you wanted to see out of him. Yeah, Dan, you're absolutely right. No, he hasn't lived up to the contract. Is he currently, you know, is he in the process oh, yeah. of it? He's on his way. Absolutely. Certainly. I mean, this is, you're, when, you, when you're looking at these young guys that are, you know, on, on these eight-year deals, I hate to do the whole, um, well, you know, you, you got to be a Hall of Famer if you're going to make all the money, but you do have to produce. Yep. And he's done it's, that. It's as simple as that, Dan. I don't care what team you are. If you're allocating most of your cap space to one or two guys and those guys don't produce, you're in a world of hurt. You're in a world of hurt. And he's doing it at a high level. And uh, I know they've made a point of, of emphasis with that. I heard Bernie Federko talking on the air. Uh, the other day on the opening drive, and he mentioned how, you know, sometimes you get into a habit of pass first, shoot second, yep. and they've made a obviously a, a concerted effort to tell him to shoot the puck, mm-hmm. and he's doing that, and he's so talented, he's a great player, and if he does this, man, watch out. If he if he puts more goal scoring into his repertoire, he'll become one of the top players in the league. He's certainly on his way. He's he's uh, he's been fantastic last night. Power play an issue the power play has been a problem all season long and we talked about at the start of the show i i mean it's it's really as easy as don't you're making it too difficult on yourself you got six wins thus far if you correct the power play issues and make them merely an average unit dan your offense is going to look like the Dolphins compared to the the, <laughs> the, the way the that New they York started. football Giants, you know, I mean, it's, it's going to feel that way at least. You so know how hard it is to go one for thirty five on a power play. That's that's pretty difficult. I don't know. They make it look pretty easy. <laughs> yeah, it's true too. Yeah, Marsh, what Thank are you, you Marshy. What are you seeing out of the power player, or better yet, what are you not seeing? I mean, it, it, to me, it just it looks different every single time. Sometimes, you know, they can't get anything set up. Other times, they look good. They're just not finding the back of the net. So it's really hard to gauge whether or not they're in a rhythm and they're just a little snake-bitten right now. But I do believe if they just get one to go in, they're going to start trickling in. I just That's how things go, right? In sports, once you get one, they start to they start to pile up. And that goes the opposite direction, too. I think when we look at right now, they are snake-bitten and they haven't been able to get out of that funk. I... I mean, it, 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 it it's mind-boggling at this point. I don't really know what to say about it. Yeah, I mean that the the that's terrible. But they are still winning games, so it's I don't know. I like the way that Scott Perunovich played last night. Mm-hmm. Better, he, he was better. He was, he was, and I think you know you you give him some 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 runway on on a power play, and maybe 
when he has a little bit of confidence going in him, he can make something happen. Yeah, at some point, at some point, you do have to shake it up. So speaking of Scott Perunovich, Matthew DeFrank said this: Scott Perunovich last night versus Arizona looked confident in his in his decision making, used his stick well to defend, set up teammates in good positions to shoot, and did look a tad rusty at times. At five on five. 12 to 5 shot attempts, 7 to 2 shot attempts, 0.49 to 0.11. I don't know what that is. Uh, <laughs> expected goals per, I guess, is that is that yep, number. It is. So Scott Brunovich did he, he did turn things around. You know, when when Jamie was on yesterday, he he brought up a good point about Tory Krug, though. You're 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 asking this guy, you're paying him to to, to quarterback the power play. So it becomes a question of your power play's been so bad. But you do have a very specific, you know, role for Tory Krug. Where, what's the line? Like, what's the cutoff where you say, "I don't care what we paid you for. We gotta, we gotta do something else." Well, I think, I, I think saw Blues, the, a lot of Blues fans, Dan, would say right now. Yeah, I think you saw a little bit of it when Marshy brings up Perunovic. When you're seeing him get some of the time that he got on the power play, that's a little. You would agree, Marsh? I mean, that's a little bit of a change up. You know. Yeah. To me, at this point, I'd try anything. I mean, I'd, I'd mix and match. I, w- I would try anything um, because they've tried mixing it up. It hasn't worked. I would continue to mix it up and try. Now, there is a point of consistency that you want to have on a power play and working with similar guys. I get that. But the way things are going, it can't get any worse. So mm-hmm. try something different. And I do think, you know, when we talk about Craig Berube sending a message to players you know, I feel like that would be a message if Krug was to be taken off of the power play. I think that's a message right there. Now, that doesn't have to be for the rest of the season, but to a point where, hey, we need to send a message here. This is not working. Let's try something else, like yeah. Dan was just saying, and see if it see if it works. And if it doesn't, then you go back to it. And you go back to Krug. Yeah. I, right now, they need to do something because do it's something. not working. Blues Avalanche pregame starting at 7 o'clock. That is tomorrow night. We'll have the pregame between the Blues and the Avalanche as the Blues take on uh, one of their hated rivals in Colorado. And we'll have all the coverage for you in the Blues Radio Network 101 ESPN. Let's do our Sports 6 back next. 314-399-9646 is the Air Comfort Service text line. If you got a question for us, great. Send it there. Sports 6 back next. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I have a question. It's time for the Fast Lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me! The Sports Six Pack is refreshed by Maggie O'Brien's. Your go-to Irish pub in St. Louis for over 42 years. All right, time for our our sports six-pack here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Can I start it? Yeah, of course. Go ahead. I'm watching highlights on the TV, and Uh they're showing UFC, and there's some gruesome hits. Do you like UFC? Uh, I respect the sport. I have never been able to get in to it maybe because I don't follow a fighter a yeah. specific fighter so I'm not like anticipating the next fight so I respect that I don't I don't tune in no I respect it too and seeing some of the they, they're showing highlights and it is brutality times 10 yeah I mean it's sometimes it's kind of like hard to watch yeah I do watch some of it because it's entertainment on my television but Man, some of these hits these guys take—it's mm-hmm. rough to rough to see, no doubt. Marshy, I know you love it. 
Yeah, I don't mind it. I don't mind it at all. It's fun to watch. I'm also like in the camp of Anthony. I don't really know too many people. Like I know Sean O'Malley. Um, he's he's pretty good. So, um, but a lot of my friends are more into it. And if there's a big card that we want to watch, I'll 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 head over and and partake. And it's always a good time. Yeah. Um, I've told the story before. So, do you remember Greg Hardy? former NFL oh, yeah. yeah so booted out of the league yeah you know domestic violence allegations and all that last stuff. team was Dallas I think yes so he got into UFC and this is years ago this is a couple of years ago I and I I hadn't really you know been been really up on UFC but I read an article he was fighting somebody I forget the guy's name he was fighting somebody who uh his mother the fight that the opponent his oh, mother came in with a shoe right I, I don't know if it was a shoe or something but he was no this this guy his his mother was unfortunately a part of like domestic violence when, when oh. he was a child and stuff so i go this guy's going to absolutely destroy greg hardy like this is going to be personal i'm going to watch this puppy greg hardy beat him in like seven seconds really yes i'm like ah that's disappointing guy was a pretty good player yeah he was always great yeah. Yeah. yeah well i wouldn't say great but he was very good Question one, please. Question number one. From the 314, assuming the cards miss on the big three aces, what happens if they also miss out on Sonny Gray? I'll find uh, another guy. You still- <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> Keep going, yeah. <laughs> well, you still got Strowman. You still have Eduardo Rodriguez. You still have Kenta Maeda. You still have Lucas Giolito. You still have... Uh, Jordan Montgomery. Jordan Montgomery. I should have mentioned him first. You, you still have James Paxton. What I'm saying is you still have more than enough available options where there should be no excuse that that you don't sign at least two guys. Yeah, I agree with you. There's no excuse. It's when you get to that second tier of guys. You mentioned Kenta Maeda. He's Mm -hmm. another one. Um, And the list goes on and on in terms of players that or pitchers specifically you can get. Tyler Malley would be a second-half addition, but you'd sign him knowing knowing that he wouldn't be there available uh, in the first half coming off of Tommy John. Luis Severino, another one, bounce back. So there's plenty of guys to go out and get if you miss on the big guys. Mm -hmm. Question two, please. Question number two. From the 314, if I were Ron Washington, I wouldn't have taken the Angels job. Am I right or wrong? That is from Justin. You know, Justin, I understand your your question. And the question is essentially, hey, why why take a team that is is going to lose out on Shohei Otani and is basically de- doomed to fail, right? And owned by Artie Moreno. Yes. Who's, is he going to sell it? Is he going to keep it? What's he going to do? But you pass on your that opportunity. You may never get another opportunity to manage again. That's 100%. the way I look at it. Yep. So I I'm with say, you. If you get those chances, it. you take them. Yep. Yeah, I'm with you. And now you still get Mike Trout. You never know if the Angels are going to step up and spend a lot of money, which they did on certain players, Albert being one, Otani being another, that took a chance on him. Turns out to be the best player in the world, arguably. You signed Mike Trout for a half a billion, close to it. So there's some pieces to play with, but the general thought would be if you have a chance to manage in the big leagues and that's what you want to do, and you can't be too picky. Mm-hmm. you got to go to the places that will give you a shot. He's 30, done it before. you got 30 chances. That's right. That's it. There's only 30 of those chances. Yeah, maybe he's a guy that ends up changing that culture too. Yeah, you never know. They got they have some they have some pieces. That's not great. they got Trout. they got uh, Taylor Ward. They've got... Anthony Rendon. Yeah. Kind, if he can stay healthy. Kind of. Uh, yeah. Mickey Moniak came on a little bit, but the pitching is just suspect. Yep. As always. Question three, please. Question number three. From the 314, who's tanking to get the first NFL draft pick? 
interesting one here because, I mean, you could say the Panthers, but they ain't getting that pick. So, it, in my opinion, it was Arizona, but then they nobody told them that they were supposed to be tanking, and they actually came out and played pretty well, and now they're going to start Kyler Murray. If you're tanking, you're not you're not rushing him back, and they're going to play him this Sunday. If you're tanking, you play Clayton Toon because yep. Clayton Toon, as you saw last week, is not an NFL quarterback. So I kind of thought it was going to be Arizona. So to the, to, I guess to the nature of the question, I don't think any team is tanking. The bear, I, the Bears aren't tanking. No, the Panthers are. I think they're trying. They're just not good. I'm with you. If you if you play Kyler Murray, you're not tanking. Mm-hmm. You're just not. I mean, he's one of the best players when healthy. Tore his what ACL. He's back. They're putting him in the lineup. I would say you're not tanking. No. The Bears are going to wind up with the number one overall pick, but it's going to be Carolina's. Which is why yesterday's win was even more important. (laughs) Yes. Question four, please. Question number four. Before we get to that one, I would argue that the Giants should probably tank. Yeah, that's a good one. Two and seven right now. Mm -hmm. Maybe the Panthers run into another win. Yeah, they play the Falcons, so... You can get a win oh, there. Anthony. I'm just saying. You lose one game. One game. It's more than one game. It's a winnable game. Same with Tennessee. Same with Washington. I'm done. I'm fed up. All right. I'm not done as like a fan. I'm just I'm done with the season. I'm, I'm just, you sound like you're done with the sport. <laughs> you, you know that's not true. Guy watching highlights as we do You just caught me watching yeah. Tennessee, Kentucky highlights. <laughs> All right. Uh, from the 314, has Jack Flaherty completely made himself irrelevant? Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say irrelevant, but I'd say his stack his stock has dropped considerably. You know, what he did here. You know, you went into last season from the Cardinals' perspective thinking that you were going to get a number one out of Jack Flaherty, thinking that he'd be the ace. He was anything but. And then he goes to Baltimore, was ineffective. Um, so much so they moved him to the pen. And I've seen projections of pitchers and players, like the top 50 free agents of pitchers and players, and there's a number of pitchers in there have not seen the name of Jack Flaherty. Same. I mean, it's it's gotten to the point of being somewhat irrelevant. Someone would take a flyer on him because there's potential there. But the thing I have to think about is his fall off is due to injury and among other things. But I, I would say that he was injured and it was tough for him to come back. And his velocity dropped, wasn't the same guy. Um, but I, I would imagine someone gives him a flyer, but uh, takes a flyer on him, but doesn't. I don't know if it's if he's ever going to recreate what he did for a couple of years, maybe just one year here in St. Louis. Yeah, I think he's going to have to sign a one-year deal. It's going to be a one-year deal for like I don't know five million or something like that, which obviously good great money if you can get it. Yep. But from the standpoint of what other free agents are going to make, it's going to pale in comparison. But he's going to be the kind of guy that is a team taking a flyer on him on a bounce back. Yeah, he's. He wasn't good. No. I mean, that's just the, the bottom line. He just wasn't very good. I could see I could see the Twins being interested. I yeah. could see the Guardians being interested. I could see the Giants being interested. Like, the, think those teams that typically do those one-year deals. The Giants do one-year deals all the time yeah. for pitchers. So I, I could see I could see him. And he's a, you know, he's a California kid. I think he's SoCal, right? Yes. So he's a Dodgers fan. So that, that's, that's North Cal, but still. It's another one, though, that would maybe... Take a flyer on them. Absolutely. They need yeah, some Dodgers. Pitchers. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. 
Question five, please. Question number five. From the 314, do you foresee Ohio State defeating Michigan now that Jim Harbaugh will no longer be on the sidelines? No. I think Michigan, you know, here's here's the problem with Michigan is they haven't played anybody, but they've destroyed everybody. They haven't even been what Florida State has been, which they, they, you know, as I've described, if Florida State has walked the tightrope several times this season, Michigan yeah. hasn't been close to walking the tightrope. They haven't played anybody. They've destroyed yeah. everybody. I think Michigan beats Penn State badly tomorrow in Happy Valley. And no, I do not think Ohio State beats Michigan. Ohio State has a major problem offensively. The, Marvin Harrison Jr. is uh, masking because he's so good. He's masking Ohio State's problems offensively. So, how many, uh, when Michigan and Ohio State play, just thinking about this, how many pros, how many NFLers are going to be on that field? I heard Jim Harbaugh say 10. he he felt like 15. on both sides of the ball, not on collectively, he had something like 10 to 15 what I he felt were that. NFL kids. Yeah, mostly on defense. Yeah. Wow. Certainly Marvin Harrison Jr. He's oh, going to yeah. be probably he's going to be a top five pick just depends on how many quarterback hungry teams are going to go up yep he'll be a top five pick. he's probably going to be in the top three question six please question number six from the 636 what has been the biggest mistake a st louis team has made in the past five years so without Without diving into, ah, I understood it, and I, you know, if you go back, nobody complained about it. I like shove that aside. The absolute biggest mistake that any St. Louis team has made is the Cardinals trading, not Randy Rosarina, nope, but trading Pitchy. Sandy Alcantara and Zach Allen in that you. Ozuna deal. Again, I understood why they did it, and getting Ozuna to match up with Goldschmidt and all that. I get that. The that one. They're feeling now. The thing is, you had him, Rosarena, you had Garcia, you had Alcantara, you had Gallon, you had all these guys under your roof, and they got away. Mm-hmm. And that would be the cause of concern for me. It's not necessarily evaluating the talent to get your talent in your system. It's now once you have them, what are you seeing? And that's why if you bring in outside eyes – to look at your organization, it's a smart move. Mm-hmm. You know, when they're talking about bringing in Bloom, the former Red Sox Pobo, and you're talking about other people that come in, it's just easily to say, what what are you seeing with the talent that we have? Because what are we missing? Because yeah. we've given up some pretty good talent here in the last five years. Were you evaluating our talent? Because everybody's evaluating each other's farm system, major league talent, players, all that stuff. What are we missing? Mm-hmm. Like, what what did what were you seeing? And at that time, did you think like we were giving up way too much? Did you project Alcantara being a Cy Young Award winner, or at least a a guy that gave you a bunch of innings and a low ERA and fifteen game winner? What what did you see? Yeah, I mean, those are legitimate questions that they have to answer. I think moving forward, I would even argue Alex Petrangelo the, not resigning here was, yes. a, was probably a top two that that was going to be my second but, i'm with you yeah i mean they miss him mm-hmm. dearly yes and there's a there was a domino effect that jamie has covered 
If you look mm-hmm. at the domino effect oh, yeah. of not bringing back Petrangelo, then you sign Tory Krug, then you know you couldn't re-sign certain guys. Yeah, there's those those are the top two for sure. Speaking of college football, let's go back. Let's go back to college football. So, how do we see the Michigan Penn State game playing out, and what other games impact the college football playoff tomorrow? That's next on One Hundred One ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on One Hundred One ESPN. With Dan McLaughlin filling in for Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh, I'm Anthony Stalter. It's the Fastlane on 101 ESPN. We broke down the Tennessee-Mizzou game earlier in the show, and if you missed that conversation, you can always download the podcast at 101ESPN.com or your 101 ESPN mobile app. It's all brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Tennessee-Mizzou. Dan and I both like Mizzou. Let's expand the conversation, though. We're talking about college football. What games matter when it comes to the college football playoff? You have to start with the noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central Time matchup between number three Michigan and number 10 Penn State. Dan, Penn State has to win if they want to stay alive. And Michigan can't lose because this is the first ranked opponent that Michigan has played. How about this? They have outscored Michigan as their opponents 41 to 7. That's what the average has been, 41 to 7 outscoring their opponents. I think third down will be really interesting to watch. Penn State is terrific on third down defense. Mm-hmm. This this stat, though, jumped out to me when I was looking at some of the numbers. Michigan has converted on 56% of their third down conversions. That's insane. It's insanity, man. I think, though, will it mar the game, the fact that Jim Harbaugh, and for those that are just joining us right now, Jim Harbaugh has been uh, told that he cannot be on the sidelines for the next three games of regular season action. They'll look at postseason, but... I, and again, I I don't know if he can be in the coach's box. I, I Have we figured that out yet? Uh, that I don't know. Yeah, it, all it says is that he can coach all week and then he's not allowed on the sidelines. I, I can't imagine, though, that he wouldn't be allowed in the press box then. Why wouldn't you just say he, he suspended? Exactly. So I imagine he's going to be in one of, the, one of the Michigan coaching boxes. How much of a distraction do you think, if at all, it is for Michigan tomorrow? The good the good news is is they they've already played what two or three games four four games to start the year without without him and uh, you know did did just fine so if if this was a play caller I think it'd be different exactly so yep. he, he's still involved in the play play uh, in the game plans and things like that obviously they're going to prepare their coaching staff to make sure that somebody else is handling some of the in game stuff I think they're going to be fine. The key here is Penn State offensively. I know they hung 51 last week on Maryland. Penn State offensively, they don't take big shots. They don't turn the ball over, but they don't take shots. They, they can run the ball, but they're not going to be able to run the ball tomorrow. It's it, This is going to be a repeat repeat of Ohio State and Penn State, but Michigan's got a much better offense than, than Ohio State. Okay, you Maybe I'll an, whiff it, whiff on it. You being an NFL guy, i got to ask you, where... Um... Where's Jim Harbaugh coaching next year in the NFL? Las Vegas. You think so? Mm-hmm. What if Antonio Pierce, though, just runs the table? Not Well, not run the table, but has a good run with the Raiders and gets them playing to the level that most expected. Not to win the Super Bowl. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying gets them playing much better football. You know, Dan, I think you bring up an interesting point here, because or question at least. The, the Panthers 
started to play better after they fired Matt Rule last year. And they decided not to bring back Steve Wilkes. And they decided to bring in Frank Wright. And I wonder if that that wound up being a big mistake. They can't even run the ball now. They ran the ball effectively last year. The same Raiders organization that we just brought up two years ago played much better under Basaccia. They played inspired ball, but they brought in Josh McDaniels and things got worse. So maybe they do look at it and say, let's not have history repeat itself. If 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 their players respond well to Antonio Pierce, let's build let's let's give him a contract and we'll see what we can do. I got a spot. Can I guess? Yeah. Okay. Jim Harbaugh, you got a spot. Washington. No. Uh, let's see here. You got one, Marsh? I have no idea if this is what Dan is thinking, but if Bill Belichick gets fired, bring in Harbaugh. Interesting, but not my choice. Okay, what I'm right, thinking. All right. Uh, let's see. Think here. of his playing career. Think oh, of the Bears. There you go. Oh, would be that's probably the best best fit. Matt Eberflus out. See ya. Jim Harbaugh had some success with the Bears. That could be interesting. Bring him back. I like that. Yeah. Okay. All right. I see you, Dan. Okay. I see you working over right. there. That's I'm just trying stuff. to, you know, connect the dots here sure. a little bit. Uh, the other games that I think matter tomorrow, Alabama, Kentucky. I don't expect Alabama to lose, but it, Alabama can't lose. They can't have two losses. So that that that's a game in theory that you look at for the college football playoff. The other yep. one's Utah-Washington. I don't think that Utah goes into Washington and beats them. I also didn't think that Arizona State was going to beat Washington, and they nearly did. I didn't think that Stanford was going to give Washington a game. They did. I didn't see Washington struggling as much with USC last week, and they did. Washington has been one of these teams now that has not played its best football, and if they screw around tomorrow, Maybe they cough up a chance to play in the playoffs because they lose to Utah, which is ranked 18th. What's the over/under with uh, on that one? Southern Cal and Oregon—they're going to oh, put up some points. 78 or something. They're going to put up some points. I think I haven't looked at it. I think it's 78. It's, the, oh, it's, it's not that high. It's only 76 and a half. <laughs> 76 and a half. Up from 73 and a half. How about some of the uh, the lines, over/under lines that we've seen in the NFL? Oh man, what has dropped dramatically? Offenses are down and odds yeah. makers aren't aren't screwing around. Well, you you had said you had brought this up and I I, I wanted to check it out. Oh, it's twenty eight and a half. Rutgers Iowa twenty eight and a half over unders twenty eight and a half. Anticipating not a lot of offense, a lot of defense. Holy, you're, so what you're saying is that these two teams can't even combine <laughs> right. for two touchdowns apiece uh. and mix in a field goal, a seventeen fourteen game and you clear it. And I don't know if they could do it. I, that's hard to do. Iowa, 10-7 win over. This is this is Iowa's games this year. I'll run through this very quickly. 10-7 win over Northwestern. 10-12 loss to Minnesota. A 15-6 win over Wisconsin. A 20-14 win over Purdue. And they really spoiled themselves when they beat Michigan State 26-16. Four and one. Isn't that four or five and one? Uh, they in their last that's their last one two three four five yeah four and one now they did lose to Penn State 31 to nothing yeah but that's the Big Ten schedule so that's impressive I got another game I'm looking forward to Utah at number five Washington because I want to see Oregon remain on a course for the rematch with Washington in the Pac-12 finale that that game does not get talked about enough that was a great college football game one more and then we'll move on georgia and Ole Miss. georgia's number two Ole Miss is nine georgia yep. now has gone through a little bit of a gauntlet lately you know do they get tripped i don't think they will but they they played an emotional game against florida now they beat them like a drum 
but they played an emotional game against Florida. Last week was against number 12, Mizzou, and Mizzou hung. And then Ole Miss, they get Ole Miss tomorrow. And I don't think Ole Miss beats them, but Ole Miss is one of those teams that if you mess around and you leave them in the game, they've got the offense to, to put a late drive together. Georgia wins. They uh, close out the SEC East. There you go. So there you go. It's a big game for them, too. We have what's trending next in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the Fast Lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me! The Sports Six Pack is refreshed by Maggie O'Brien's, your go-to Irish pub in St. Louis for over 42 years. Well, that's wrong. What's trending in the world of sports? The Fast Lane has you covered. What's trending now? Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate to Goodwill to win a magical Polar Express staycation. Welcome back to the Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN. It is not time for the Sports Six Pack. It is indeed time for What's Trending. We got Anthony Stalter with us, Danny Mack wearing his nice suit. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. And we also have some news coming from Chicago. Well, technically, from first take, Stephen A. Smith has suggested... It could be a hot take. It could be that Justin Fields should sit out the remainder of the season. He said, if I'm Justin Fields, I don't think about playing again in Chicago. I want to get the hell up out of there. I'm hoping that they trade me to a more respectable franchise that's going to protect me and my interest moving forward in the future. Thoughts on that? Well, he's already questioned the coaching staff earlier this year. Hey, you know what? Maybe the Bears are okay with that, too. Yeah. I know. The Bears are going to have the Panthers' top pick. Exactly. And they just stick with Tyson Badgen for the rest of the time. And then they draft their quarterback of the future while yep. trading Justin Fields. So if if that's if that's what happens and Stephen A. Smith or Justin Fields takes Stephen A. Smith's advice and you know, he don't play. Okay. By the way, we'll a, uh, a texter texted in and said CNN is reporting that uh, Jim Harbaugh cannot be in the stadium. Okay. So that makes sense. And we're looking at right now, Big Ten bans Jim Harbaugh from the sideline for three games over sign stealing, Michigan found, blah, blah, blah. So we have, I've have not seen that yet, so we appreciate the texters chiming in on that. It makes sense if you're going to suspend him. Why say on the sidelines like, then? I don't understand that. Go all the way and just say he's out for the next three games. Now, if you want to allow him to practice mm-hmm. and coach at practice, I guess that's feasible. I yeah. guess most... Most folks would say that's okay. I don't know. I think maybe you just suspend him and say you got to be out of the program for three weeks. I mean, that's that's harsh. Mm-hmm. It's your program. That's your baby. And you take that away from him, that's a pretty harsh penalty. It certainly is. But okay. All right. All so right. no no Jim Harbaugh in the stadium. Yeah. They said uh, one of the texters says who would enforce the suspension. The Big Ten would come in and make sure that that's handled properly the ncaa yeah the big ten the big ten is the one levying yep. the punishment here yep all right marshy question five yes yeah, so uh sticking with college football here can jamie I, actually sent us something. sorry can i throw this out there too yeah go so for bruce it. feldman 
tweeted out, the Big Ten says it does not have knowledge indication that Jim Harbaugh was aware of the signal-stealing scheme. This is not a sanction of Coach Harbaugh. It is a sanction against the university that, under the extraordinary circumstances presented by this offensive conduct, by the way, that's tough. I mean, you're you're also you're also punishing your kids, the, the students there. Lawyers are going to get players. involved in this too, undoubtedly. You don't think so? Oh no, no. I I just oh, okay. I, I was I was thinking about what I said. You know, like you're okay. So you don't have any proof that Harbaugh did anything yet. You're you're punishing him because he's the leader of the program, which I get. But you know, is that fair? Is that fair to the 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 kids as well, the student athletes? Yeah. I don't know. It's a good point. Hmm. Anyway, sorry, Marsh. Go ahead. No, no, it's all good. Jamie sent us something earlier today about Deion Sanders. This is from On Three Sports. It says Deion Sanders says when players fight at practice, that keeps uh, that he keeps track of who won the fight and their quote unquote record. Dion also says that fighting at practice is a great thing for the team. I always want to know who won because I keep records. I don't break them up. Some coaches break them up. I don't. We've had a great week of practice. We had a couple of fights, which I like. It's a great thing. Some guys fight hoping for the breakup. No, we're going to let you go. I love it. I mean, I understand kind of the toughness aspect of it. Like, we're not going to be afraid of anybody and we're, you know, this, that, and that. What, what happens when a kid gets hurt though? There you go. <laughs> Before you're happy then. Right. I, yeah. I, this stuff happens all the time and mostly it's broken up. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a little surprised that he just admits to the fact that he lets his kids do this. Right. Doesn't that surprise you a little bit? It does surprise me. I think again, though, that's, it's, it's one of those situations there. We're like, Hey, we like the toughness. We're not, you know, but Okay, so some kid takes his helmet off one time, swings it, and cracks the other dude in the head. Now what? Yeah. Well, in the what the kids see this, and they're like, oh, is that what he wants? Right. Does he want me to do that? Because I haven't been playing lately. Maybe this is something that could jolt me into the lineup. Right. I'm going to go do this. He ends up hurting somebody. I just think it's – and why Why are there so many fights going it's on just, at practice? It, it, yeah, it's a, okay, here's the other thing, too. And somebody somebody may text into and say – because Jamie loved it, right? Jamie's like, that's my coach. And he said, oh, this is great, all this stuff. Uh, you guys are soft. All right, cool. <laughs> Isn't football physical enough? Why Why wouldn't you – I mean, you could show a lot of toughness and physicality within the, within the game as well. I don't understand why you have to, like, shove each other with helmets on or throw punches with helmets on to, to show how tough you are. Why, why wouldn't you – I mean – you know, back in my day, you did the Oklahoma drill until you you were you couldn't even move. The other part too is now that you've come out and admit this, that you allow your players to to fight. And I love what you said. What what if somebody gets hurt? Now somebody can go back and say, "Well, you let these guys do this. You're a liability." Right. Right. Yes. 100%. I mean, you can't do that. Come on, Coach Prime. Maybe that's why you're one and five in conference play. You're beating Ooh. each other up. Man, I thought they were going to have a better season. That's the funny part. No, like everybody was saying that this is going to be a two-win team, and they came in and they they upset TCU, TCU and they were no fun good. and all. That. Like, I know they're kind of right where they should be. Honestly, exactly. what's going to be interesting is what he does. More people, I think, will pay attention. Not that they weren't before, but I think with his early season success, the fact that he had eighty-seven new players, what yeah. he does with the transfer portal portal going forward. 
he's going to be active in that. He's going to get rid of kids that can't play for him. He's going to bring in new ones. Mm. And there's going to be a lot of kids now that he is center stage that are going to say, I want to play for that guy. Yes. So this time next year, what are we going to be talking about and just how good they might be? And to to build off your, your point there, Dan, I do wonder if he lost any sort of momentum because he had all the momentum early on. I don't know, man. He's still, you know... Like, I did an event at, with Isaac Bruce um, for his foundation four weeks ago. His guest was Warren Sapp. Mm-hmm. And Warren Sapp was up there, and I said, hey, I hear you're going you're going to Colorado. He said, I can't wait to join his staff and take these kids pro. That's awesome. So I don't know if he's going to do it, if it's legitimate. I had read a report about it, and he verified it. And um, my point is, is that if you're a kid out there and you want to go pro, you can go play for a guy that's – one of the all-century players. Two Hall of Famers. And another guy, and Warren Sapp, that's a Hall of Famer. And you know he's bringing in all kinds of people to the visibility of your program and coaches. I don't know. It would be a tough no to him, I would think. Right. If you have dreams of playing in the NFL, which yeah. many of these kids do. No doubt. Yeah. All right, it's Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Let's get into some of the other NFL storylines. Uh, in fact, let's play a which team will we find out more about? And the highlight game, I think, is the 49ers and Jaguars. So which team are we about to find out more about when it comes to this these Sunday's games? It's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. All right, let's play a game of who do we find out more about when it comes to the matchups in Week 10 of the NFL. We won't go through all of them, but let's start off with the 49ers and Jaguars. So, Marsh, Dan McLaughlin, who do we find out more about, do you think, the 49ers or the Jaguars on Sunday? Go ahead, Marshy. I think we find out about the 49ers the most, see if they can bounce back. Obviously, they're a team that everyone expects to be right there at the end of the season. And they're taking on a Jacksonville team that is a pretty good team. So I want to see what they can do on the road and see if they can bounce back from a three-game losing streak. I think we find out more about the running game of San Francisco because they've scored just 17 points in their last three during the three-game losing streak. Brock Purdy takes the blame, but they're 17th in the run during this losing skid. Mm -hmm. So they got to get back to the run and start pounding the ball. And I think we learn more about them bouncing back after three straight and a bye. Yeah, I I was initially thinking Jacksonville because if the Jags beat the 49ers, you're saying, "Okay, you're 7 and 2. You're you're now a legit team." They're 12 and the 3 AFC. in their last 15 games, bro. Yes. Pretty good. However, the other attachment onto that is the 49ers have lost now four straight if you, if you include yeah. the the loss. So I actually think I'm with you guys. I think we find out more about the Niners in that the three games, you get into the bye, you get healthy. Debo Samuel, I think, is expected to play. Do do you come out of the bye and you take care of business against the Jacksonville team that is just one and two at home? They had some London games and all that, but they're one and two at home this year and they have not played well in Jacksonville. I think we find out more about the Niners. Are you a fan of these overseas games? The only reason why I'm a fan of the overseas games. Nine o'clock in the morning. Bingo. That's <laughs> Me it. Me too. I love waking up on a Sunday. I don't even care what the matchup is. Last week either. was great. 
Great you know, game. Yep. You sit down, you get some breakfast, uh, you maybe make some breakfast for the kids, and then bam, 8.30, you got a kickoff of an NFL game. If I'm the NFL, I got to look at that. I got to I gotta take a look and say, and, um, and I understand when they're overseas, it's a normal time when they're playing, it's 9 o'clock here in the States or whatever. But I got to look at maybe putting that game in the morning, like doing some morning games. Yeah, you just mean throughout, doing, the, throughout the course yeah. of the week. Yeah, and then I got my noon game, and then I got my 315 window, and yeah. then I have Sunday night football. Yeah, Thursday night, I, Sunday morning. I love morning. it, man. So do I. I'm with you. I think it's awesome. I'm a morning guy. You're a morning guy. Yeah. Yep, I, I'm with you. All right, so moving forward. So we, we all agree that we find out more about the 49ers this week. Yes, bro. Bro, bro, I, Sif. bro I just Sifis. called you bro before. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> Saints and Vikings. Who do we find out more about, the Saints or the Vikings? Saints or Vikings? They're both five and four. New Orleans on the road again, where they're three and two. They've actually had decent success. Minnesota's one and three at home. However, they're now led by Joshua Dobbs. So the I, Joshua Dobbs. The Saints lead the league in interception. So keep that in mind against Josh Dobbs. Plus the Saints, uh, their wins are against teams with losing records. They don't have a win against a team with a winning record. So they, just how bad are the Saints? And they haven't looked good even in wins. I didn't think they played well last week against either. the Bears. They they beat the Bears. They beat Indy. Their best win thus far, the most, and I should say best, I should I should really say most dominant win, has been against the Patriots, 35, yep. 34 to nothing. And that was when Mac Jones was handing, you know, handing out turnovers like it was Halloween candy. <laughs> so... You look at the Saints, I think we find out more about Marsh's Vikings because I think the Saints are who they are. But if the Vikings are serious about getting back into the wild card race, you'd be 6-4 and four if, you're, if you were to win this game. I think we find out more about the Vikes. I think we find out more about the Saints. I think we know exactly who the Vikings are. Team to beat now, moving forward? Well, yeah, other than that, you know, we know who their quarterback is. We know that they're without Justin Jefferson. They got a pretty good defense, better than what it was last year. And they have a ton of confidence in, in their group right now. Cam Akers is now out for the year. Mm-hmm. So you, you kind of know like what you're going to get on a given week. Um, it's going to be a close game. With the Saints, though, I mean, this is their team. This is the team that they brought in. They brought their quarterback in and Derek Carr, and they have not looked good. Are they going to beat a team that they should beat the Vikings? Any team should beat the Vikings. No offense to Josh Dobbs. I love what he did last year. But you Josh love Dobbs, the Vikings. Hold I love here. the Vikings. But the Saints should beat the Vikings. They should. Mm-hmm. Will they? I don't know. I don't know because of the way they've been playing. Green Bay, Pittsburgh. Who do we learn more about? I think we learn more about uh, Green Bay because Pittsburgh has been so good defensively. Steelers are two games above 500 despite being outgained, as we've talked about in their first eight. That's hard to believe for me. Mm-hmm. And Green Bay is one of my biggest disappointments of the year. But if they win this game, I'd say, okay, I'm back on the the bandwagon a bit. Yeah. A bit. So I think we learn more about Green Bay. This is my favorite play of the week, Steelers. Oh, it's my favorite play, too, for my friends. For your friends. That's right. Dan's favorite friends' picks. That's right. Trying to Steelers. help out my buddies. I know you are, Dan, because you're a helpful guy. I would not do that myself, but if mm-hmm. somebody wanted to put a wager down or whatever, I'd uh, sure, I'm going to try to help them with Steelers. some notes and my thoughts. I'd go Steelers. Pittsburgh. Steel Curtain. Yes. Laying the three all day long and twice on Sunday. And the terrible towels. You got it. Yep. Look at you waving. That's yeah. great. Oh, yeah. That was a good wave. Thank you.
Yeah, I think we learn a lot about Green Bay. Well, not a lot. Maybe we don't learn anything. But I think out of these two teams, Green Bay is that team. I don't know what Jordan Love is. Like, right now, he's not a good quarterback. He's not a good quarterback right now. But I feel like there is potential for him to be a solid quarterback. But this is not a defense that will will help him by any means. No. With the Pittsburgh Steelers, I talked about it earlier. They're they're not really that good, but for some reason they're winning. We know what they are. They're not a good offense that finds ways to win late in games, and their defense keeps them in those games for the offense to essentially win. Kenny Pickett, if you look at the numbers, he's pretty good at at final drives and game winning drives. He is. The Which defense has kept them in games, crazy. and then in the fourth quarter, you're right, that's that's how they're winning. There are two defenses that I think this week are going to absolutely feast on the opposing quarterback. Pittsburgh being one. One is Pittsburgh uh, on Jordan Love. The other one, I think the Jets, I don't even know if they're going to win the damn game, but I think the Jets are going to feast on Aiden O'Connell. Hmm. He's coming, and, I, and O'Connell was intriguing to me. I think they made the right move in benching Jimmy G, because Jimmy G looks done. And I don't think going with Brian Hoyer makes much sense. Why not see what you have in the young kid who you took out of you know Purdue in the draft? But O'Connell's coming off a game against the Giants where you feel pretty good, nice and confident. This Jets defense, I think, is going to feast on him Sunday night. How good is the Jets defense? It is incredible. Man, if you didn't have the Jets defense, they'd be winless this year. That's 100% correct. Yeah. Yeah. They are uh, – that is a bad matchup for Aiden O'Connell. Any other top picks from this week, Dan, uh, besides the Pittsburgh Steelers? How about the uh, the Lions at the Chargers? I like that. Yeah, I, I home, do too. Home game for the Lions on the road? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Only two losses, or only losses, are to Seattle and Baltimore. Second in yards per game, 50, uh, fifth in yards allowed. They're pretty darn good, man. Yeah. And the Chargers, too. This should be, theoretically, a matchup that might be, you know, decent for the Chargers because if you're gonna if you're gonna beat the Lions, you're gonna throw the ball. And the Chargers, you think of Justin Herbert and you think of the, the weapons that they have offensively. But th- that this offense has looked clunky. And they really only have two guys that you're worried about now. Austin Eckler, but not as a runner, as a receiver, and Keenan Allen. You you don't have Palmer anymore. You don't have Mike Will- Mike Williams. You ha- you really don't have a down downfield game if you're the Chargers. So this sets up pretty well for the Lions. I like the game as a fan, just for pure entertainment, of Cincinnati and Texas. After watching C.J. Stroud and what he did last weekend, the fact that Joe Burrow now and the Bengals have won four in a row, I I have interest in watching those two QBs. Mm -hmm. That makes it a fun game to watch. The Bengals are starting to get better, but they're banged up in their wide receiving core. So that could be a huge factor in what happens this weekend. No T. Higgins. Yep. And Jamar Chase is banged up. And as Marsh said, who's going to throw the ball to? I mean, Tyler Boyd and Irv Smith. I will say this about Cincinnati, though. They're running the ball a lot better with Joe Mixon. So maybe this is a game where you lean on Joe Mixon a lot more than Joe Burrow. T. Higgins was finally unlocked on Sunday night. That. Yep. And now you he's know, hurt. Any, any young wide receiver... Go back and watch the way T. Higgins caught every pass last. Every I know you pass did. was out in front of him. <laughs> Full hands, didn't let it get to the I mean, every single one of them. He had a guy draped on him every time. Do you have a life? No. Dan, all you do is watch highlights of football. I love it. Come on. I mean, you're all over this thing, do man. I have a life? I take care of the kids. I watch football. That's it. So you liked how he's receiving the football. Out in front. Yeah. Out in front. The diamond. Out in front. Right. Yep. Away from the body. And the, the cornerback could not 
knock the ball out because he was full extension on it. Are you guys enamored with Joe Burrow? I am. I am now. He's healthy yeah. again. Yeah, he's incredible. He's, he is. He's awesome, man. He's I, Joe Burr. He's and he is fascinating. You know the other other matchup, uh, and then we'll move on. Browns and Ravens. Browns and Ravens. Deshaun Watson is terrible. Yeah, but that defensive line for Cleveland is sensational. Mean? Deshaun came back and threw for two nineteen last week. A very difficult two nineteen. The Browns held Arizona. Arizona to fifty eight yards. I felt bad for I, I don't feel bad for a lot of NFL players. I felt bad for Clayton Toon last week. It was tough to watch. Arizona's coaching staff basically said, We're gonna murder you today. That's what he <laughs> that's what they were telling him without saying it. We're gonna murder you. Six three six. Glad I traded for T an hour before he hit oh, the injury report. No. Yeah. That sucks. Unlocked on Sunday night on the sidelines coming up this Sunday. Ouch. That's Dan McLaughlin. I'm Anthony Stalter. It's the fast line on one oh one ESPN. Marshy has uh, sleeper results from last week, plus biggest question of the day next. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on one oh one ESPN. So Marsh has got the sleeper sleeper team results from last week. Now, Marsh, did you participate? You were out last Friday, weren't you? We did it on Thursday. That's right. Mm-hmm. We did it last Thursday. Okay, so you, me, Jamie participated in the sleeper, Bill Jones sleeper team. Yes. What are the results? Yeah, I might as well have skipped it because <laughs> I had 11.02 total points. I had Jaron Hall as my quarterback who oh, was no. injured. He looked uh, good early. He though. did look good. He got 4.22 points. I had Jake Bobo, who I'm assuming just did not play because he had zero points. I don't even think the Seattle Seahawks even showed up last week. And then Cam Akers, before getting injured, had 6.8 points. So Boy, that put me at 11.02. You cursed basically all those guys. Yeah, pretty much. Because Cam Akers is out for the year. Yeah. Uh, poor Jaron Hall. He's He's... He'll I mean, be out for a little bit. He'll be out for a little while, and he lost his starting gig. He did. Uh, and then, yeah, Bobo. Nobody can find him. No, just gone. Mm-hmm. In first place, Jamie Rivers. Oh, 35.74 really? points. He had Derek Carr, who had 16.74. Brandon Cooks, 1.7. And Alexander Madison had 17.3 points. So he defeated you, Anthony. You had 28.52 <sighs> points on the week. As Bryce Young, not this past Thursday, not yesterday, but last week had 9.02 points. Rasheed Rice had 9.7, and Kareem Hunt had 9.8. So <laughs> wow, I talk about depth. Okay, talk about consistency, top to bottom. Who the hell did the Panthers play that I like Bryce Young? Who did they play? Colts? They played the Colts. They did play the Colts. Yeah. All right. There you have it. Uh, Marsh and I, I think we'll do the Bill Jones sleeper team maybe in the, the next segment here because Dan's got to get out. Yeah, a little early because he's got. He's got uh, MC an duty. MC duty here. Yeah. But before that, before we let Dan out, yes, sir, he still has to answer the biggest question of the day. It's time for the Fast Lane's biggest question of the day. All right, guys, we got a question from the 636. Not a sports question, 
But an interesting, and I think it's a good one for sure for all those that uh, like to travel. So from the 636, when going on a road trip, do you, per- do you guys prefer a good podcast or a good playlist? It's a great question. I'm going podcast. I love listening to a podcast. Now, I got to be interested in said podcast. Mm-hmm. Normally, it's sports. I also, can I throw a little wrinkle into this? Absolutely. I like, books on tape. I, yeah, I was yeah. going to say books on tape. Or now, audio or whatever. That'll put me to sleep usually. <laughs> but it allows me to do a couple of different things. Like if I want to like email people or text people, then I can listen to books on tape. Mm-hmm. And I'll do that. I just got done listening to the uh, the Tiger book, Tiger Woods book. It was pretty good by Armin Katayan and somebody else. I can't remember. I think they co-authored it, but it was pretty good. Yeah. I'm reading Live and Let Die, which is also a golf book. Live and Let Die. Which is by, it's all about live and the Saudis oh, wow. and background on them. So I'll read that, manually, manually read that. But typically speaking, I'm a podcast guy. So it depends on what mood I'm in. Sometimes I just like to jam out, you know, listen to listen to some tunes. What do you listen to? Uh, I'm a I'm a rock guy mostly. Yeah, yeah. I don't dabble too far away from rock, but when it comes to a longer road trip, I do love the audiobooks. Um, and I don't mind re-listening to some of the the, the best ones. And some of them can be serious. Like I, I listen to the O.J. Simpson run for the run for his life, the one that it was based off uh, the, the uh, FX TV series okay. was based off the book. Phenomenal. It was incredible. Then other ones, you know. Have you seen the ESPN one on OJ? Oh, it's, it's unbelievable how I, good it was. After watching that, I don't know, six-part series, four-part yeah. series, something like that, yeah. and it was so it was so in-depth, I felt like there's nothing more that I could learn about OJ, the trial. All, there's that's how good that that ESPN documentary was. It, it's enthralling. Yeah. It, it's the kind of, to me, it was a kind of series that I would stay up like all night and just keep going, going, next episode, next episode, next episode. It was awesome. It certainly was. It was yeah. awesome. They do, the, some of those 30 for 30s are incredible. Mm-hmm. Love I, them. And I do love, I do love podcasts. Like I love uh, Michael Lombardi's podcast, which is the Monday morning quarterback. Yep. And then uh, Cover Three Podcasts is a college CBS mm. college football podcast. More of a gridiron, guys. Thank you, Marsh. Yeah, appreciate you. Yep. Yeah, you, Carrie Davis. Now we didn't. Phenomenal. Unfortunately, we didn't record one yesterday. Oh, the, what the hell? Well, Carrie, he did three hours in the morning and four hours in the afternoon. I wasn't so, going to make him do another hour. It's called lunchtime. He wanted a nap. I think. I don't think that you wanted to show up at noon. Oh, I was here at noon. I was here. I, I think I Anthony? was here before noon. <laughs> <laughs> was I here before noon? Yes, sir. I think I was. Don't ask Marsh. He's not here until 1 30. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> Dan, I woke up earlier today. What time was that? I woke up at 10. Awesome. <laughs> I've been up four hours at that point. And me too. Me too. If not more. Oh, so how about last night? We've all been there. So, middle of the night, I think it was like. Maybe it wasn't that late. Maybe it was like twelve thirty. But we had, you know, we went to we had gone to bed. I think I went to bed at eleven. One of the smoke alarms. Oh, beep. oh no! And it didn't go off, but it just beep to tell me the the battery is low. Yeah. So I get out of bed, and we've got one in my room and all the kids' rooms. 
I heard it, but don't know which one. So I start off in my son Killian's room. I don't know why I took that Love one. Love that I just name. Did. Thank you. Changed it. Changed out the battery. Boom. Half hour later. And the only reason I know this is because I looked at the time again. Half hour later. Eh. So I went to Lincoln. That's Link- the worst. Went to Lincoln's room. Did Lincoln's. Boom. Half hour later. Two o'clock in the morning. Eh. And I'm just oh falling gosh. asleep now. Like every time. Get up again. Went to Madeline's room. Swapped out that one. Half hour later. Eh. It was the one in our room. It was the one in our room. How but could you not tell though? Here's why. We get the, we leave the door open in case the kids, you know, stumble in middle right. of the night. We leave or or you know, uh, Lincoln's crying. We can hear it. You know, How we're not closed. Lincoln? He's two. Okay. So we're not closed off the door. So we leave it open. Well, the hallway's right outside. So if it goes off, it sounded like it was coming from, mm-hmm. you know, in one of the other rooms because it's just the way that it was hitting the walls. Is like, yeah, no, the last one I did. So that was a little rough, boys. Did any of the kids wake up? No, none of them. That's actually good, though. That is good. It's That's the good. whole thing that makes it okay. Because if a kid wakes up, they could be up the rest of the night. Exactly. So fortunately, that didn't happen. No, just Kristen and I were up all night. All right. Dan, yes, always sir. a pleasure, my friend. Hey, Love doing thanks, radio guys. with you. Thanks for letting me fill in. Always have a Thank great you. time with you guys and have a great weekend. We'll have a good football we'll watching weekend. We'll see you next week, yeah. too. Yeah. And we'll see you a lot next week because yep. our guy Jamie is traveling. So Dan McLaughlin will be, will be with us uh, next week. And, hey, have fun tonight. Yeah. MCN. I appreciate it. Thank hey, you. Congratulations to your daughter. Absolutely. Thank you. yes. A lot of fun. All right, that's Dan McLaughlin. Uh, Marsh and I will take you home. We've got Ooh, Fader Follow. we got Fader Follow, Marsh. Country Roads. Country Roads. Fader follow, and our guy Dan is going for 200 FanDuel beans. Not me. Mm-hmm. Not Dan McLaughlin. No. One of Dan's friends, One though. of Dan's friends, probably, so we'll have a play One for him. Friends. One of his <laughs> friends that Dan likes to help. Uh, and you know what? If you've been listening to the show, I, I, I'm going to convince Marsh to go with one one play in particular. And we'll see if Marsh mm. agrees, and we'll see if Dan agrees. Not that Dan. The other Dan. <laughs> so Fader follow. We'll wrap up the show next on 101 ESPN. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for FanDuel Fade or Follow on the Fast Lane. Brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Everyone follow us. No fade, no fade. Money, 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 money. All right, let's play... FanDuel's fade or follow. This is when a listener comes on and we give them a play. They determine whether or not they want to fade or follow us. And uh, we've had a returner now the last four weeks, I think, because there's a push involved as well. So this would be five then. This would be five? I believe so. Dan is going for $200 of FanDuel's money. What's up, Dan? Hey, hi, guys. How's it going? Happy Friday. Happy Friday Happy to Friday. you. I'm glad you're back on. So last Hello. Sunday, I'm like, boy, this was this was an easy one. And then when Miami started coming back, I go, uh, maybe not. But they <laughs> held on. The Chiefs held on for you, so you cashed again. Now, I've, I've said that this is my favorite play of the week. Marsh, Marsh was good with it. I love the Steelers minus three against the Packers on Sunday. Now, if it's a push, same deal as the Washington-Oregon game. You can come back next week. Uh, but I, I love the Steelers. I love the matchup. Defensively, I think they're going to eat Jordan Love alive. And then, you know, you'll probably get you'll probably have to get a late push by Kenny Pickett or something just because the Steelers don't blow anybody out. But I do right, love the right. Steelers yeah. minus three. Would you like to fade us or follow us, Dan? I think I'm going to have to fade you this week. Sorry. Oh, Ooh, are you a Packers fan? 
Um, not really. I just don't have faith in the Steelers. Okay, fair, fair enough. enough. All right, so here's the deal. If the Packers cover uh, or if they push, you'll at least be back next week. And, uh, yeah, if the Steelers if the Steelers take care of business, then, Dan, it's been a great ride. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I've enjoyed it. All right, Dan, good luck to you. All right, thanks. Have a good week, guys. You, you too, too, thanks. Marsh, I'm a little surprised. He's been following us, but maybe he thinks, yeah. hey, we're due. Maybe he we're knows something we don't. Probably. Maybe he's the expert and has just been following us because he, he knows. Just, he just likes the pick. That's the pick. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, these two teams are not good. <laughs> so <laughs> They're different levels of not good. I'll give you that. Yeah. So, I mean, who, who knows? Yeah, so who the Packers. Really so, he's got the Packers plus three. Now, do you want to do the sleeper teams or do we want to bypass it because Jamie's not here? I'm down to do it. Maybe we pick Jamie's team for him. Okay. We could do that. If we win, if if he wins, we just won't tell him. How about that? Yeah. All right. So let's do the let's do our sleeper teams. This is where we select a quarterback, our running back, and a wide receiver that would be deemed a sleeper for fantasy this week. Marsh collects the points on those three players, and then uh, whoever has the most points, they win that week. Do we know what the the standings are? I believe Jamie has two, you have three, and I have one. All right. You're gonna get back. I, I hope so. You're going to get it back. I certainly hope so. Why don't you lead us off? All right, so I'm going to go with Will Levis. He was I like that one. named the starting quarterback moving forward for the Titans. And even though they lost last week, I thought he looked okay. He looked pretty good for the most part. Yeah. So um, I'm going to go with Will Levis this week. That was a tough assignment for him. Short week, Pittsburgh's defense. And I thought I thought he hung in pretty well. Yeah. I'm going to take Sam Howell of the Commanders. Sam Howell is second in the league in passing yards and seventh in touchdown passes, but I, he still qualifies as a sleeper because, you know, Washington stinks. And uh, one of the reasons why I like Sam Howell is he's got to continue to, they got to have to continue to throw. And I think it's going to be maybe a shootout in Seattle. So I'm going to take uh, Sam Howell. Who do we want to give Jamie? So I had two names in mind, and maybe you pick which one. Um, Josh Dobbs of Minnesota, okay. and on the other end, Baker Mayfield for uh, Tampa. Tampa going up against Tennessee. Now Baker Mayfield, he's put up some some big points in the past three weeks. Um, Nineteen last week, and I'm talking in sleeper terms. Mm-hmm. You know, usually a good quarterback's getting you over twenty, uh, but nineteen, twenty-one, and sixteen the past three weeks. Do we consider Baker Mayfield a sleeper? Yeah, I would. Okay. Yeah, and I think we have to give him Baker. That's what I'm thinking, since too. Since he's a Bucks fan, among other teams. I agree. All right, who's your running back? I haven't decided on a running back. I do have a wide receiver, though, All right, that I it. want uh, to, to pick right now, and that's George Pickens, who was somewhat of a no-show last week. Well, he should have had a touchdown. I think that I think he bounces back, and he's going up against a good team in terms of matchup. So I'm going to go with George Pickens as my wide receiver. I'm going to stick with that same game, but I'm going to take a running back. I'm going to take Jalen Warren. Mm. Jalen Warren last week, 14 touches, 113 yards against the Titans. And the Titans are a uh, pass funnel team. They they usually stop the run. And you want to look at receivers. Said the Steel, Both Steelers running backs, Najee Harris and Jalen Warren were good. But I'm going to take Warren. Green Bay has allowed an average of 132 total yards and 0.75 touchdowns to opponent backfields. Uh, this this year and 
As everybody knows, I love the Steelers this weekend, so give me Jalen Warren as my running back. So for Jamie, I think we should give him another player that on a team that he likes. What about David Montgomery, who's going to come back for the Lions this week? Would you consider him a sleeper? I don't think he was at the time when he was injured, but mm-hmm. the fact that he is coming back off an injury. And Gibbs went banana sandwich yeah, so on everybody last week. I don't know how week. they're going to utilize him. I'll, I'll give it to him. I'm just thinking a team he likes. Yeah. So David Montgomery. He's also not here, so I don't think we should set him up too too well for success. Right. But we don't want to set him up for failure either. I think if Montgomery's back, he's he's going to be the lead back again. Mm-hmm. All right, so he's got Montgomery. For my running back, I'm going to go with Jerome Ford of the Cleveland Browns. Okay. That is my play against the Baltimore Ravens. Last week he had 12.7 points. It's okay, but uh, we'll see if he can find the back of the end zone. All right, I'm going to go with Dotson. I'm going to pair him up with Sam Howell. So I think Sam Howell's going to have a big week against Seattle. I got Dotson. Last couple of weeks he's looked really good. Five catches, 43 yards on eight targets. Uh, eight catches for 108 and a touchdown on 10 targets and four catches for 61 yards, 69 yards and a touchdown and eight. That's his last three games, so he's been very productive. So I'm going to go with Jahan Dotson as my wide receiver. And then finally for Jamie, you got mm-hmm. a wide, you have another wide receiver you're considering? Man, I'm... I don't know if I want to go with this guy because they're playing against his his uh, Lions. I was thinking maybe Quentin Johnston. Probably not, though. I don't know if he's really going to do anything this upcoming week. What about Tyler Boyd? Tyler Boyd could be a good could be a good play, especially if you know we we talked about it earlier in the show that um, that uh, T Higgins, T. Higgins is out. would be yep. out. So it could be a play. Um, I'll do that. And then maybe maybe. Um, Chase isn't playing either, so yeah, let's go. With, let's go, with Tyler Boyd. Boy. All right, there you go. There's our there's our sleeper teams for this upcoming week. Hey, everybody, thank you so much for listening throughout the course of the week. We do appreciate you, and thanks to all the co-hosts filling in this week. Kerry Davis yesterday, Dan McLaughlin continues to fill in. Uh, do you'll see a lot of Dan next week too, as Jamie's on the road. Everybody have a great weekend. Go Blues! Blues Avalanche pregame tomorrow at seven. Again, everybody has a safe and great weekend. We'll see you on Monday. See you. You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.